This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're doing a holiday roundup. Like Woody's roundup, except with Christmas carols and also candy canes. Plus elves. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Happy non-New Year yet. (laughs) <laughs> happy holidays Close. indeed merry christmas uh happy boxing day uh happy Kwan- festive kwanzaa um, festivus festivus for the rest of us christmas hanukkah belated hanukkah because hanukkah ended all of them accounted for uh yeah i got all that out now is a film podcast where abe and i discuss new movies weekly however every now and then like we like to have these special bonus episodes whether it's one of our commentaries or something completely different and this is something completely different this is our holiday roundup episode there's been a lot of things that have come out um some of us have seen more than others and we didn't <laughs> want to just not do anything so we figured why not have That's a fun true. show where we can talk about things we've recently seen some trailers that came out some news items possibly and you know whatever else we can kind of fit into a fun episode to tide the listeners over while they desperately wait for brand new episodes about now there and name after the new year <laughs> um, so yeah that's that's the plan and uh joining us for this special uh, uh christmas roundup we have uh, straight out of iowa john's going east it's john van dyke yo <laughs> yo gentlemen gentlemen Jonathan, Jonathan. I'm live to you from the basement of my parents' house. How, how, how much better can it get? It's like a true Wayne's World episode for you right now. It's great. It's it's, it's wonderful. How are you when doing? When we get public access, we're definitely going to pull Wayne's World. Yeah. There we go. How are you doing, There John? we go. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm ready I'm ready to, to, to bring my takes because it's negative degrees here, so I, I'm going to bring hot takes. <laughs> oh, okay. You're going to warm it up. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this, coming in hot there. This guy over here. <laughs> how was uh how, abe how was your christmas it was good spending with family up in uh, the pacific northwest and it's always good to see everybody so kind of relaxing just a lot of food probably got to go to the gym pretty soon so you know it is what it is yours um i had a good christmas i spent it with anna and her family and uh it's a nice time we watched a lot of movies we watched uh with her with her dad we watched dunkirk and darkest hour back to back so we got like the full Dun- got the dunkirk got the full dunkirk experience on christmas day yeah. which is pretty awesome mm. i thought and uh what else we watched miracle on 34th 30 yeah 34th street uh, the old one yeah the, the... The, yeah the classic one okay. not the uh the, not the mara wilson and dr john hammond edition but, um... <laughs> but no, he gave up he gave up creating jurassic park to be santa claus yeah exactly uh, <laughs> life finds a way <laughs> but uh no it's been a good holiday uh, as far as like you know having good having a nice time you know seeing his family and everything that was good that said, I, I have been sick for, like, all of the holiday season, which is abnormal. I don't normally get sick around this time of year. I, sa- yeah, I save it for February. I do dress warm, but I got, like, a virus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been, you know... A little, well, you're, you're on meds. That's a, good. A little challenging. Um, yeah. I blame it on The Greatest Showman. Um, you know, but, uh, what what you... spectacular that you just got sick from watching it well see that takes it a whole new direction i just i just meant the theater <laughs> environment in general it was cold that day but still i oh, mean it was... <laughs> uh, I but... Make a little jab there 
I, I can, I, if you want to ask me about Greatest Showman, you can, because I can get into it more, but, you know, it's a movie. Uh, but we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to that. John, how's your Christmas been? Oh, yeah, it's been good. I managed to make it just barely here. It started snowing on New or Christmas Eve, and I only got an hour and a half to lay home, so that was good. I made it. And then I was, you know, greeted by the coldest temperatures of the year, and, and sometimes a bit like ever. So that's been <laughs> on record. Uh, but otherwise, you know, we're just keeping warm. We're, I'm enjoying the, the Midwest expanse. We went traveling. Uh, uh, shout out to Makokoda, Iowa, which is the place I traveled to from my hometown. Uh, they had an awesome art exhibit I wanted to see, um, Rose Franson. For people who want to look that up, she's a really awesome and modern artist. And she's the weird person who actually went back to her hometown and decided to make it cool rather than like just stay in New York forever or California or whatever. So that was a lot of fun. And, and otherwise, uh, it was funny when you were talking about Christmas specials. Uh, I don't go into the movies. I actually go on the Wayback Machine and we watch two cartoons. We watch Life with Louie, the animated oh. show, if you remember. Yeah, the Louie Anderson yeah. show, yeah. Yes. And it has a Christmas episode that is the funniest thing ever. And then this one will be easy for everybody, but the tick saves Christmas. Well, we actually have a question related to this yeah, very topic later on, so we'll come we'll come yeah, you're, back to you're this. Teasing it. Yeah. 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 All right, all right. You know, I'm um, here. I'm here. Yeah. Well, to, to quote go over quick things here, we are um the plan for this episode, as I mentioned, is we're going to just go over some various topics. we got some trailers to talk about. Um, we've, we've all seen some movies that we want to get into. And then we'll just go into some recent news items because we want to give you an episode that's like that has its finger on the pulse. That's just right there for you. So, you know, it's, uh, no, no old news topics. We'll get to some newer news stuff. So it will come out around the same time um, as these things are relevant. And then, you know, a year later when you listen to this episode, you'll be like, why are they talking about the last box, last Jedi's box office? Who cares? Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. I want to know what happened to Solo. Timeless. I, I want to know why Solo, a Star Wars story, bombed big time, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but anyway, let's get let's uh, get some announcement stuff out of the way, some show notes. Uh, pretty easy stuff here. Top 10 show. Um, it's coming. Abe and I got to figure out a date for when to do that because I know, Abe, you need to catch up on some movies before we actually get a, put together a proper top 10 show. So I don't Unless, wanna... I, I could go with what I've seen, but then, you know, when I'm rolling with you know it'd be something like wallace and gromit and the curse of the were-rabbit or something like that there's there's some there's some key ones i think you should be seeing before we actually do it but i don't want to go too far into january so let's just hope that you get some stuff done before we have to record that episode let's uh, do it. so we'll talk about that off air we'll, we'll figure out that date but just expect <laughs> it within like the first half of january for sure oh for sure yeah, yeah for yeah, sure obviously and what else uh commentary track there will be some so I didn't, I didn't discuss this with you, but this was the plan that kind of Scott Brandon and I kind of came up with as an idea for our commentaries. Okay. This year is 2018, this upcoming year. Are we are we doing a whole bunch of disaster movies? Nope. Um, <laughs> the idea is that, so Titanic came out 20 years ago this month, December. Disaster movie? I, well, you got me there. Uh, but, so Titanic had a legendary run at the box office where it was number one for like 15 weeks and something, like all the way up until April. Uh, yeah. when, when Lost in Space was the first movie to, to to dethrone it from the number one spot at the box office. So yeah. I, so we figured for January, February, and March, our commentary tracks are going to be three movies that 
failed to beat Titanic at the box office that are celebrating their 20th that's anniversary. That's pretty clever, actually. That's yeah. pretty funny. And then we'll conclude. People, people love that William Hurt, by the way. Yeah. And well, then we'll conclude this with a Lost in Space commentary in April. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> There's some. They're like Dark City, I think, is, is one of them for sure. And I think that'll be a great commentary track to do. That'll I mean, be that, really a fun yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting uh, movie. That's an actually. That's a good movie. But there's also some less good movies that are still fun to watch that will be good for comedy so we'll, we'll make some choices like, but yeah. Uh, yeah but expect some 90s throwbacks in the coming months as far as the commentary tracks goes uh, but yeah and um uh, other things out uh, uh itunes views ratings good to get those helps out the show helps other people find the show if you want to log into itunes search for out now out there in an abe that'd be great you can give us a star rating you gotta write us a little review all of that'd be awesome yeah, give us a review. Thank you. And uh, yeah, with that out of the way, let's um, let's move right into some uh, some out now quickies. Yep. Uh, those were. I don't need to do the spiel this time because yeah. we're gonna just uh, go over the whole it's thing. It's quickies. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's quickies. But, Wait, like, but what does quickie mean? It's a. a you know what? <laughs> this is this is for John. For, just for you, John. Just for you. Each we can out now. We have a movie with your time. We have a movie with your time. We have quickies. Tim. All right. Did you even understand? Got it in. I was gonna, I was gonna skip I over like it. it. John, with the peer pressure here, I've, I've made, not to know. I've made you, Justin, and Tyler yeah. happy. <laughs> so that's the What's the point? What's the point of having structure if you don't use it? Okay. And that's a great point. All right. All right. Tell him go, Jack. <laughs> well, well, Abe. Yeah. I'm aware you didn't see much. Is there anything that you did see <laughs> since since yes. we last talked? Yeah, so we rewatched Last Jedi. I'm, I'm happy to report that the family liked it. They they also liked the, the oh, they're direction. on the good side of the force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they 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 liked the direction of the the movie and the direction of the franchise. They, I told them some of the 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 issues that people have been bringing up, and they said, you know, that doesn't really seem all that relevant uh, in terms of <laughs> just how did Luke do this or Luke do that, and what's up with Snoke, et cetera, et cetera. But um, other things that I watched, 18 minutes of Bright, and I had to stop it because I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> and then uh, we'll I, get back I to that in a second. <laughs> where uh, Joel Edgerton comes to pick up his uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry. They're, they're at the police station, and Will Smith says to Margaret Cho to reassign him, and she says goodbye. And don't get shot again. To action, like, star, okay. action star Margaret Cho. <laughs> face off. She was a face off. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. She has, <laughs> she's a face off. <laughs> And uh, I also watched for the first time ever, I think, like, six minutes of the Minions movies cause, because my niece and nephew were watching it. And I was like, this movie makes no sense at all. So there you go, Minions. There's that part where they conveniently avoid being Minions for for Hitler, uh, which is very entertaining. Because oh, that, they're, they're, lo yeah. they're lost in a cave. so it's okay. I had it's seen okay. the part where they <clears throat> pull the sword from the stone and he becomes the king of England. Mm -hmm. So good job, Bob. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll get back to some of these things. Okay, um, minions. Yeah, writing it down. Yeah, for sure. But uh, John, how about you? What have you seen recently? I mean, how were we just doing like things that are in theater right now? Should I, you, should I just you, launch into like my? I saw a bunch of movies finally that came out this year. Yes, how, yes. How do do, do, do yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Hit the red button. All right, all right. All right, well, uh, since it's freshest in my mind, I, I don't know if you guys discussed it all, uh, Ingrid Goes West. 
It's been well, I've I've seen it at this point. It's been brought up by several of our other guests in the past that they've they've liked it. Uh, what, what did you think? Yeah, and it was interesting because I remember seeing the previews for it, and then I don't really remember it ever getting to theater or mattering in any way. And then I get home, and my parents are like, "Well, we started watching this movie, but we thought you should really be here to watch this," which. Uh, so they at least somewhat know my taste. So I'm I'm giving two big thumbs up to Ingrid Goes West. It's okay. Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen's in there, um, and uh, essentially it's it's an LA movie, pretty much damning LA in the way we act with one another, <laughs> and uh, with a with a good dose of social media culture to go with it. And it's one of my favorite kind of movies, which is no redeemable characters. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, That's your uh, favorite kind of movie? <laughs> I mean, Election, uh, ah, okay. Young Adults. I mean, these are some of my favorite movies Those are ever. some great examples. It's where people take end up either not really getting redeemed or choosing the wrong thing at the end. Or, you know, we don't, we don't get the nice tidy bow um, on, on life. And I kind of like those a lot. And this one's pretty breezy. I'm not going to say it's like a perfect movie, but... If you're kind of into uh, a very wit smart, especially if you are living in Los Angeles, movie, uh, this one's about an hour and a half on the dot. So it's it's a it's a quick and and good watch with a lot of great young actors in it. So I, I definitely recommend that. Aaron, what do you think? I I like the movie overall. I do think it kind of goes off the rails in its third act, and. Um... A friend of the show, Peter Paris, he loves this movie. It's like one of his favorite movies of the year, and he very much disagrees with me on this fact. But I, <laughs> I, I think it goes a bit too far with what it's trying. I, I think there's a better way it could have moved things. A lot. It's it, it involves what there's like a brother character that enters into the scene and how they handle him eventually. Right. It just, it doesn't like, it doesn't feel clever to me. It feels more of like, not necessarily lazy, but more of like a, a, a. a somewhat contrived way to handle things as opposed to doing something that felt more in line with what the rest of the film was doing as far as being like a satire of hipster culture. Yeah, I think I, right. And I think that that's probably accurate is that some of its vignettes and ideas and acting are stronger than the mechanics that which did you from point A to the end. And um, I, I would say I, keep Aubrey, it quickie. I, I, I would say just to add, I do think Aubrey Plaza is very good in it. And I also think uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son, who was Ice you know, Cube, Ice yeah. Cube in t- uh, Straight Outta Compton. No, and it took he's, me he's... a day. I was like, I know who that is. I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. And I finally he... clicked in my head he's... Like a day later. He's very good, and I look forward to seeing him in more things. It's not He he wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just an impression of his father who was doing it for Straight Outta Compton. He has, like, some legit skill as an, as an actor and a comedic actor as, that, as much, too. So. Right. Well, it's kind of funny just to see him pop up in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, anyhow, uh, I, uh, I guess I, we're going to be started talking about Star Wars later. Should I, should I come in now or should I, should I hold back? You can give us some brief thoughts let's on your hear, Star Wars. Yeah, let's hear some brief thoughts. Yeah. No, I mean, Star Wars, I would say I am on the, I am on the, I am here to drink the tears of fanboys uh, side of this equation, which is I don't really care about the nostalgia factor or anything like that. So I was elated that this was trying to push the genre forward, or not the genre, but the but the IP <laughs> forward. Anyway, I think I will grow to appreciate beauty cinematography-wise mm-hmm. more and more as we move on. Um, every time I see the previews now or like a trailer, you know, that Facebook trailer, and you just get those splashes of crimson red and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, you're like, dang, that was a really good looking movie. 
And uh, no, I just uh, I thought it was a great distillation of, of trying to have a fun movie while also giving it, dare I say, some prestige TV heft. <laughs> you can tell <laughs> that it didn't always work, but I just so appreciate Ryan Johnson trying to bring some bigger questions that a lot of big popcorn movies don't even take a swing for. So I really appreciated that about it. Uh, it's helpful to have that in the midst of a big act, you know, a big budget flick. And so I just think it's, it's one of the better, you know, we have to make $1 billion movies. I've seen them a long time. <laughs> yeah. I, I will add, um, I've seen Star Wars twice so far. I saw it twice before we did the, our last Jedi podcast, which is mm-hmm. very good. And you should listen to it on iTunes immediately. Everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. Everybody um, I will note, I have been sick both times during these viewings. I cannot wait to see this movie a third time when I feel completely a hundred percent better. And, can, and fully... you can hear out of your left but, ear. Yes. Because I, I, I've already, I already fully, you know, love this movie. And so I can only imagine how I'll, how happy I'll be to see it while being 100% healthy and watching it at the same time. By the way, I just want to add, uh, John, that you know, it's, it's tough. on the same boat here. You and I and Aaron are kind of in that boat of, hey, I'm glad that you guys are taking a chance here. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I'm never going to be too into IP. Uh, this segues into a, a sad moment for me in the quickies which is I really wanted to see Wonder Woman in theaters and I was psyched for it and everybody got me hyped for it and convinced this was going to be it. And I think, unfortunately, I've got to come in and say that I've I've just, you know, I'm like a six out of 10 on it. You know, I just, and I think what happened there for me is that I'm not really into the Marvel movies. Like I've, I've said in the past that like really the only Marvel movies I've really liked are like Iron Man 1, Avengers 1, The Guardians of the Galaxy, and we'll seg into another quickie in a moment of the last one I really liked. And so I think I, I appreciate very much so and will root for it to the death that Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot get to do this Wonder Woman franchise and get to make so many people happy. But I was personally bummed that I just thought it was it was just it just was. It just went in one ear, out the other through my eyes, crossed it through my brain, and done. <laughs> and it didn't it didn't hit for me the way I wanted to, and it didn't even, there wasn't even really a set piece I could fall in love with like I did in the, here's a weird take. The first Superman, I really liked the initial fight scene in that one. Not the one where they blow up Metropolis entirely. But I actually thought the first Zack Schneider Superman through that first fight with like that weird robot thing with the laser was very cool. But I just... Yeah, I, just, I didn't. I appreciate all the actors in in Wonder Woman. I think they're actually all pretty good. Not even the uh, the No Man's Land. As far, Land as, far as the content, it? as far as the yeah, just as far as the content to me, I just I wanted to get into it, and, it, and I just mm. I just I couldn't. And I understand objectively that it's a good thing, but on a personal level, I think that and, I, and I, like I said, I think that's a little bit of me and just superhero movies in general. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the hype piece just... got to you. Like, if, if maybe everyone's like, oh, this is great. And then you watch it a few months later and you're like, oh, my expectations are a little too high. <laughs> I, mean, I... I mean, that probably, it, it probably would have helped. But I mean, yeah, I, I just, you know. I do think, for, it, I mean, respect. I, I, I think, I think separating the movie from kind of an audience experience, there's a bit of a down on it just because I think the, I personally think there's a bit of inflation as far as the appreciation of Wonder Woman as a right. movie because of, well, it being, you know, a better example of the recent DC movies 
as well as there's a lot of positive messaging in a year where there hasn't been much positive messaging outside of entertainment. Right. Um, and so there, and you know, the fact that it's, you know, it's a big female superhero movie with a female, there's like a lot of things to champion um, in the eyes of a lot of the audience members. And I think that kind that, that kind of went to a lot of people, which is not a bad thing, but it certainly, I think it enhanced the experience. Right. Well, and I think a lot of the, a lot of it takes then we're also like, this, this is like DC being a solid a good marvel movie and that's a big win for dc and of course i've always been like oh, i don't really care about marvel movies that much and i've been like the person being like please give filmmakers more freedom in the marvel universe which to my next quickie segue 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 <laughs> thor <laughs> i was like hooray a real person doing a marvel movie and like unfortunately me and aaron have talked a lot about thor and i've always been like i thought thor was kind of the worst handled (laughs) even though i love thor and loki when they're in the avengers movies (laughs) or other movies so um i was really pleased that that thor was um all the breeziness and over stylization i could have hoped for and it kind of brings me a lot of hope for the marvel universe because i think we're all pretty jacked up for black panther and kugler and then you know as a person who has turned his back quite a bit on the superhero world i'm i'm still here for thanos and infinity stones and that trailer (laughs) got me all sorts of like ready to go so i'm surprised i'm still like (laughs) i get it and i'm surprised that like you're like yeah avengers that'll probably do it for me (laughs) i mean we've been waiting for thanos man he's one of the coolest marvel villains ever um but you know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's Wait. fun to get all those actors together. Like even though I, it is. I Avengers Avengers Two is yes, it's probably ultimately a shrug, but it's still cool. I, At least when I, I fail, like it more than the fail, first fail, Avengers. I'm that weird you guy. I'm that weird see, guy. I love what? the first Avengers. Like the first Avengers is super rewashable for me too. Like, and I don't even know if Iron Man is anymore, but. First Avengers, like, I'll run into it, and I'll just be like, oh, I'll watch this part. Yeah, I tend to get out more on, on the first Avengers than the second one. Um, yeah. And that that's kind of a rare thing, because kind of like what you had mentioned earlier about just superhero movies in general, I'm just, you know, neither here nor there. Right, right. But yeah. but anyway, Thor's awesome, and I am, I my, my, like, number one crush list got a little more crowded, because Tess Thompson in that movie is just too Oh, awesome. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and her uniforms are pretty awesome. Yeah, no, everybody, I mean, everybody's doing good work. I mean, if you can, you know, pigeonhole or or fold in Jeff Goldblum into your movie, please do so. <laughs> uh, shout, out, shout out to New Jurassic Park. Looking I was going to say, so, so you're all, you're, you're ad for <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> World. You're, you're ad for Fallen Kingdom. Uh, okay, uh, I don't want to overload our quickies, so I'll uh, jump really quick. Uh, on the flight here, I decided to take in one of the more visually... Uh, ambitious movies of the year on my airplane monitor <laughs> <laughs> by watching Valerian. Oh um, yeah. Oh. Yes. And I, so I rewatched Valerian with my dad. Dad's movie corner. He loved Valerian. He was oh, all wow. about Valerian. Valerian. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I would say I am on the pro Valerian. Uh, well, the right team. I think <laughs> I understand. You're, you're, you're on the right side I can, here. You're in a, you're I, in a safe say, space. I can understand why people don't like it, though. I mean, but for me, like, and I'm going to kill her. How do you pronounce her last name? Is it Karen Devine? Della Delavine. Delavine. I can't help it. Like, I'm just into her style. I like the male actor in that, too. 
So I even though they have nothing worthwhile to say in the entire movie, and like the plot of the movie is very struggleful, the sheer like coolness of those two actors and all and then the visual imagination required to uh, do all this stuff was I was like I'm here uh, like I was into it like yeah. it was an easy it was an easy I think golly did it get to two and a half hours but it's it, like it didn't it's, seem like it's like 220 yeah it's long but it's yeah. like it's so but I didn't really have a problem and especially at the beginning well oh, yeah <laughs> kind of other than the av- kind of other than the avatar knockoff part but like especially <laughs> some of the the ingenuity in the in the middle act especially was mm-hmm. you you just great world building and i understand there might have been some source material there but it still takes a lot of imagination to bring that onto the screen and and it all looked really good so so if you if you don't mind looking at two cool actors and kind of like not caring what they say and and do uh but you like just it's just if you like just looking at stuff sometimes it's just fun to watch movies that are like just visual and don't matter. It doesn't matter if they're deep or if they even make sense or anything well, like that. Whatever. I mean, you're you're talking about <laughs> cinema. That's like what you're talking about. Yeah, right? Right. Like, yeah. No, I mean you are. Charming. I mean, it's, even, it's... Though, even though, like you said, there's no real there's no real consequence in their dialogue. It's kind of just whatever you're seeing on the screen is what you see on the screen. But it's executed so well and it looks so good, and it's fun. I found it to be a fun romp. Oh yeah, I watch yeah. it again. I was like, this movie. I'm not gonna not want to like anytime anyone suggests Valerian, which I hope is many times because that movie's amazing and more people should discover it. I will be like, yes. Why would we not want to watch Valerian right now? Well, and it's interesting in the world of these like Marvel movies and stuff that this is the movie that some critics have decided this year they need to like single out as like this is one of the worst movies I saw, and I'm just like, in what world? Is yeah. this movie worse right. than most of these other popcorn movies I've seen this year? I, I don't understand that. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's a, so, it's like this is what a passion project looks like on a huge scale. Like that's it. It, it just it really is. It has so much going on. Hey, like hey, you hey, said, hey, there's so much fun of the book of Henry now. Like Come you on. said, there's so there's so much visual ingenuity going on here. It's just it's spectacular to see unfold. Which is and it's essentially this like giant independent sci-fi film. And everyone's like, no, I don't need that. Like. And the, and the, but then it, then there'll be all these articles about how there's no, nothing original coming out of Hollywood anymore. It's like, <laughs> what else do we got to right. do? Yeah. <laughs> that said, it's not out of Hollywood. So what do, what do I know? <laughs> Maybe they're being <laughs> very specific. Was, <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was I definitely had, like had to text you immediately because I know you're you're looking for any amount of people to join the join the resistance of, of, <laughs> of approving of Valerian. So I was like, oh. I'm glad I liked it. This yeah. is what I wanted. The, um, the, the worst, then... the worst thing about the Last Jedi is how it made it very tough for me to figure out my top ten, including Valerian. <laughs> like that's that's the one. Ooh, downside. Wow, so you're that much. Wow, you're that much into it. Okay, all right, all right. Now, all right, and then and then otherwise, I'll just say that two big thumbs up for Lady Bird. I mm-hmm. just you know, great acting, cool script, uh, devastating line when they say Sacramento is the Midwest of California. <laughs> <laughs> so really, uh, uh, really deep on that one. <laughs> well, especially when you're sitting next to your parents, that like, you left the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I want to know the reaction when you guys watched Nebraska together. Oh, we uh, we didn't watch it together though, but um, I'll have to. I'm probably going to get my Alexander Payne fixed this week anyway with downsizing. So, yeah, that's kind of those are the, the things that I've flitted around and watched and. Honestly, I have so much more to catch up with. Oh, I will say that 
fine. I'm, I know I'm doing too much here, it's but all right, it's uh, all right, I will going. say that I finally got to see Royal Tenenbaums as an, an adult. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know if you understand, like, but like age-wise, like I love Wes Anderson, but yeah. like Rushmore appeals to everybody, like of all ages. Mm-hmm. But Royal Tenenbaums was one of those movies where I saw it, and like I needed to be two to three years older to like completely like wrap my head around all of its best parts. And then, like, somehow I just never was able to get to it again because I loved every movie after it and, like, was deeply into it. Like, here's my hottest of takes. Darjeeling Limited might be my favorite Wes Anderson movie. The hottest of takes. Um, but I mean, anyway, Life Aquatic's mine, so, like, it's not like I'm, <laughs> I'm not in the greatest of company either, Chad, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but at least you have, like, Bill Murray to grab him on. You can be like, well, Bill Murray! Oh, he's, he's um, in Darjeeling. He's, he's, he misses the trade. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so of course, of course. Um, but anyhow, uh, no, Royal Tenenbaums was really nice to kind of see as, like, a you know, uh, an early 30s person since it's it's almost even more relevant um, to my existence. So that was that was a fun rewatch. I watched La La Land again too that day. And, and that's still, I still give it props, but it it's an interesting movie. And I don't know if it's quite sing-alongy enough to like have the like year-by-year shelf life that I might have hoped it would ultimately. Even though I still think it's really great, especially the very first viewing. So that is, uh, that's what I've got kicking around. Uh, oh, yeah. And then I watch Romeo plus Juliet tonight. <laughs> Baz Luhrmann's and, William uh, Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet. Right. Yes. And, and it is interesting to me, like, how inclusive and, like, progressive that movie was trying to be in a time where you weren't allowed to. <laughs> um, yeah. They still had to put Claire Danes at the head of essentially a Latino family, but... Um, <laughs> But uh, but the interpretation of Mercutio. You mean her cousin John Leguizamo didn't ring true to you? <laughs> I'm not sure if they can come from the same lineage. I don't know. You know, I don't want to presume these things. It's called um, adoption, John. Open your mind. Uh, of course, of course. And then and then of course that also reminds me of how like I don't know mid late '90s, maybe even early 2000s, where like how weird the slow mos were back then. <laughs> They were kind of just like, what? No, I was just saying interesting because I'm thinking back to like, you know, something like Face Off, but John Woo does slow mo all the time. Well, that's good. I mean, the cameras were different and they're shooting differently. Right? And no, precisely. So to- to- like, Tony Scott like, raised very... the game with his over cranking and stuff, and then the, obviously the Wachowskis had a hand in, you know, how slow mo's he's utilized. Yeah, right. And I think eventually they kind of like got to a point where everybody had this very clean slow mo, but you could tell it was still not like something that was. It, it feels cheesy, and I know it was probably only because that was what the technology presented at the time. So it's always interesting to see those movies of that era try to kind of like do some of these camera tricks that are so easy now. Um, but anyhow, that's what I got, Jen. What about you, Aaron? What are uh, you clicking? I have a. Um, <laughs> I've seen a number of things um, that I guess I can get to now. Um, I'll mention Bright because you mentioned it already, Abe. Um, this movie is awful. It is an awful, awful movie. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, and it's dry. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't try to judge people uh, for the movies that they like or whatnot. But it is, it is hard when you see like the stupid user scores on Rotten Tomatoes, where it's like so low for Last Jedi, and it's like ninety percent for Bright, and it's like, I mean, what are we doing? I, I don't understand. Uh, I can't tell you, man. I, I cannot I, tell you. I, 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 I well, the, is... I mean, it's even in my the first paragraph of my review. It's a movie that's so bad that's it's going to be 
frustrated to see people think, oh yeah, that was okay. Like that's <laughs> that's yeah. that's the general response that it's gonna get. And it's like, really? I mean, do we? Can't we just raise the bar a bit? Can't we just accept that maybe something... I mean, it's not even like you paid money. I can understand if you don't want to admit that a movie's bad because you paid money to see it, but this is Netflix. I mean, you're just watching it off on your couch, like, while doing other things, and you're still like, yeah, that was fine. It just... It's it's so annoying, because yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a terrible excuse for a movie. It's horribly written. It had a... It, it is horribly Dar- written. David Ayer's kind of... Who we tend to say is hot and cold, but lately it's just been a lot of cold. Like, it's him... <laughs> he puts this whole like this familiar stamp where he's just copying his own movies for this point. There's some major plot points that are just from training day and from other films that he's done. And it's like, I mean, are you trying here? And like, I, I, I said this to Scott Mendelson when we saw this after we got out, it's like, I can see why Will Smith is not doing bad boys three, why he keeps finding delays for it. It's because he's clearly bored with this kind of material. Like he's, he is an interesting actor when he tries to find other parts that suit with skills that he has. And uh-huh. but he, does he desire to find those parts? He does. Well, he does. Like no, he when he when he does, they bomb, and then he goes back to doing the sequels. That's what I mean. After Ali bombed, he went and did Men in Black Two. When he when he tries to do other things, not he, a good movie, by the way. Not no, it's a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to do other things, and he's like, okay, I guess I'll go back to the well again, and, and it shows because here he's just so it just seems so laborious to watch him like just hurl f-bombs every 10 seconds because there's nothing clever coming out of the script so he's like well i gotta improv on this and it's just sad and the parable is sad as far as like this weird world of where fantasy creatures have existed since the beginning of time and yet somehow la looks exactly like la still and it's they mentioned uber in the beginning of the movie and i was like what year is this well it's like i mean I mean, I'm willing to go along with the idea of this, but it just doesn't do anything interesting with it. Like, it just gives yeah. you generic orc and stuff, and it's like, all right, that's neat. What are we going to do with that? And the answer was nothing clever. Like that's, and like I admire Joel Edgerton for like, yep, I'm going to go all in with this makeup job and really play a character, but it's it's not enough for a movie that has just a terrible story, horrible right. action, muddy cinematography. This movie cost ninety million dollars. It looks like it was made on the budget of Street Kings or harsh times or one of Ayer's really cheap movies and it's like how how do you waste this much money it's just sad it's a it's a sad excuse for a film by the way harsh times christian bill pretty good in it harsh times is great (laughs) yeah uh end of watch is great and it's like end of watch is one of his more yeah yeah, if it it makes you feel any better uh chance the rapper has come out publicly on your side of things Yeah, I noticed that. So you de- you want to be on the right side of history when it comes to well, chance rappers. So and there you go. What set me off is like while I was writing my review, a sequel was greenlit. I was like, really? Like, <laughs> it's like we're getting another one. <laughs> I mean, they got to find out what happens to whatever happens in the movie. Well, now that Max Landis has been accused of being a sexual predator, I'm, I hope they find a great writer to write the sequel. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Alan Trevorrow. <laughs> I don't know where we're going on. Why are you going off on Trevorrow now? Like, what did he do to you? Nothing. <laughs> he made one of your favorite. He made your favorite movie of a couple years ago. <laughs> I, it wasn't my favorite movie. Safety Jurassic- not guaranteed. Oh, oh! I thought you meant Jurassic World. I was like, what? And, and you didn't hate Jurassic World. <laughs> I know. I think. And, I think and you, you got him on semantics there. Right? And, and you didn't see yeah, Book of Henry. So what are you Jurassic judging him? Jurassic World, like five years ago. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, do you have more cookies? Yep. Um, a few things that actually hit theaters now, so I guess I can talk about them. All the Money in the World, uh, Ripley Scott's John Getty uh, kidnapping drama. Um, it's it's good. Um, I will not. It's not like 
like it's not like Oscar amazing, <clears throat> Oscar amazing, but it's a it's a good flick. It's a good thriller. It's a little too long. Uh, Michelle Williams is very good in it, which is to be expected because she's typically very yeah, good like she's movies. terrific at everything she yeah. does. <laughs> um, Mark Wahlberg is he's he's fine, but it's like I can see them of getting another person and him doing like this you know a better job or something more memorable. And Christopher Plummer is really great in the movie, and he's in it a lot. Like, I don't know yeah. if I meant that. I think I mentioned this you, before. You didn't mention it last week. But yeah, he's he's in the movie. Like, it's just, it's it's still impressive to me how much he's in the movie. Because it's like, they shot all this in nine days. And it's like, wow, they really, they, they put, they shot him a lot. <laughs> like, they really got a lot done in that nine days. So there you go. What else? Uh, Phantom Thread. We'll see if we do a major review on Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest film. But I, it is, it is really good. And okay. n- not only is Daniel Day-Lewis very good in it, but also, um... Um, the actress whose name I'm forgetting. Um, the, the lead uh, actress. There's also Leslie Manville, who's very good in the supporting part as his his character's sister. Uh, but uh, actress... Here's a question I have for you on this. Oh, hold on. Do you think? I'm do you get... think the pre? What? I'm gonna Vicky get... Creeps. Vicky Creeps. Thank you. Lux- Luxembourgian oh. actress Vicky Creeps. Who? I mean, I don't. I. She's been in a couple things, but this is like a breakout performance because she's. Re- I mean, yeah. If you're going up against Daniel Day Lewis, I mean, it's gonna. That's something of a job to do, and she does a really good job of going up against him. What are you saying, John? Um, I'm curious. Do you think the previews are previewing this right? I found the trailers very yeah. odd. I, I know that I, PT. I know these movies are very odd in general, but I just I wonder. I couldn't tell what kind of movie this was or what the tone was supposed to be or anything. I mean, it's. I mean, I with PTA's films, I tend to look at them as they all of them have their own kind of separate influences. Where like Boogie Nights is obviously like a Scorsese riff, essentially. Uh, Pub Truck Love is like a Preston Sturges throwback romantic thing. This is a like an ode to Hitchcock and Gothic romances. And I I think the trailer is doing what it needs to as far as, you know, providing interest for some audiences. But it's I mean, it's not an easy sell regardless. Like it's 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 not a movie that's designed to make a ton of money. And I get that. I would say that it's not that I can there's nothing really to spoil in it, but there is there's an aspect to the characters that I was surprised by as the movie went on, which because there was like an embargo for this and nobody was able to talk about it. And I was like, I guess I can see why. Cause the, the way these characters address each other, there's, there's things to it that I was, I was really engaged by because it ends up being a lot funnier than I expected, but still very dramatic. But, uh, mm-hmm. it's, mm, uh, you, okay. but you certainly, you, you need to see it to understand what I'm saying. Cause I don't really want to delve completely into it. When we're not doing a full review on it, but it's, I mean, I, I I'm a fan of Paul Thomas Anderson. He made another really good movie. That's that's what I can say about that. <laughs> um, put that on the DVD box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Molly's Game opened up in a lot more theaters uh, this past week. Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut. Um, I think it's very good. I think Aaron Sorkin is a good writer who does a good job showing his characters talking in his dialogue speak. So there you go. Again, I think we might do a longer review in the future if Abe gets to see it. So we'll uh, I'll kind of save it for that. Uh, Jumanji, uh, Jumanji is oh, really yeah. Jumanji is really good. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's what I expected. Uh, given that I really hate the first Jumanji, um, I was you know the bar wasn't high for me to clear. And every preview I saw gave me a good impression that they had an idea that they wanted to run with and could make it work. And they did. And I liked it. <laughs> I think it's a. Wait, it's, did you hate the old Jumanji? That's as what I a kid though. Oh, yes, Aaron, Aaron hates it. Yes, 
But it's wow. it's a distinct memory I have of my dad and I walking into a theater and going, "Well, that sucked," and it's like we and, <laughs> and then moving on with our lives. So Ooh. I don't I don't have any nostalgic love for Jumanji because I never thought Jumanji was very good. But David Allen Greer invented sneakers in that movie. Yeah, that's fine. You know what's better? Zathura. That's still the best movie from this author involving these kind is of it, games. Is that the one with uh, the kid from Jurassic Park? Or I doubt it because that that's it's many years ago, and so he'd be very old. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it, no, it has Josh Hutchinson from Hunger Games. That's what he has. He's he's he's, oh, he's okay. one of the he's like the mm-hmm. old he's the older brother, um, and like Tim Robbins is the father. Kristen Stewart's like the older sister. Uh, John Favreau directed. No, I like Zathura quite a bit. But no, Jumanji. This Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. Very. I, I think the uh, all the actors do a good job of playing against type, which I th- it's a clever way they do it as far as putting them into a video game world and they have like kids occupying the opposite of their of their you know personality type it, it's just clever it's clever and fun it leans a bit too hard on some dick jokes which i'm like really i mean it's because it's pg-13 and it could easily be a pg if they just cut a few things and it would also be shorter for that matter but but for what it is i think it does a great job so no that, i i think that movie is like the epitome of like i'm gonna be psyched when that comes on demand there you go. <laughs> like, um, but it was weird because it looked like it was going to be really bad, and then I thought the final trailer. I was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> this looks this like might it could be, be good." Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they should have tried a little harder on those early trailers. I don't know. I like the early trailer. I was into it from this. Again, it's not like I was like, and it is a sequel, by the way. It's a direct sequel oh, to Jumanji. It? Yeah, it yeah. it picks up literally where the last shot of Jumanji ends. So there you <laughs> go. Um, it's and it's clever for how it does it too. Like it's it's you know for anyone that is super nostalgic for Jumanji, it's certainly not stomping over the grave of anybody. <laughs> like it's it's doing its job of paying tribute properly to the film. <laughs> um, hey man, that makeup on that that hunter guy was really good in the original Jumanji. On Jonathan Hyde. Uh, they have Bonnie Bobby Cannavale is the kind of the version of. I thought you were gonna say version. Bonnie Hunt, and I was like, what? That was, she wasn't in. The, the movie Bobby Cannavale who's like slowly taken over by holiday season he was he's like he was a new character on um Mr. Robot this season and uh what he was in a couple other things that I saw and it's like Bobby Cannavale's everywhere right now what is it in um let me see where is it uh, Ferdinand he's in Ferdinand and he's in Itania so he's like he's everywhere Bobby Cannavale's getting work right now you're Bonnie <laughs> well maybe 2018 you're Bonnie Bobby Cannavale he's got more I see right now he's got a bunch of things he's in that Scorsese movie with De Niro and uh Pacino and in Pesci, so <laughs> he's all over the place. I, I caught up a few things on Netflix that I want to mention. Uh, first up uh-huh. is a movie called Headshot. Um, this is an action film from that stars Iku Uez, who's the star of the Raid films. Um, yep. It is co- it is direct it is directed by um, the co-director that worked with Gareth Evans on the VHS short uh, VHS two clip. That's like phenomenal. Um, and so it's like it's this vi- really visceral action movie that's. Okay has great action in it. It's a bit more plot-heavy than the Raid films, so it kind of takes it down a notch. But as far as, like, seeing Ikuyue's, like, just, like, fuck up people, like, it's really it's really pretty brutal. Um, and it, it gets down to business pretty quickly. Like, I was worried it'd be like, let's set up all this plot first, because it's, like, a guy who gets shot. He's a guy who gets shot in the head, he loses memory, and he has to, like, you know, figure out things, and he, like, finds a new person he falls in love with, and then she gets kidnapped. But it's like, no, it gets it gets pretty quick into business as far as why the act, where the action's coming from. And if you want to see just a really, you know, <laughs> brutal action movie in the vein of the Raid films, Headshot is where it's at. And that's on Netflix right now. Cool. Uh, also on Netflix, a couple other films, a couple of uh, ones called Nocturama. Have any of you heard of this? No. I have not. <laughs> John, I think you'd be into this film. Um, hmm. it's, so it's, 
It's going to sound pretty heavy, <laughs> but let me, bear with me. It's about a bunch of basically hipster kids in uh, Paris who plan to, they plan a, basically a terrorist attack on, on Paris. Um, and like the first half of the movie is like this really intense sequence of them like plotting this, planting the bombs, and having them go off. And then the second half is all of them dealing with it as they take shelter in a, sh- in a mall. And it's mm. and it's it is a tough film. It's challenging. I I don't. It's not quite great, but I do think it's good and very worth watching. Uh, What's it called again? It's called Nocturama. Nocturama. Noc Nocturama. Oh, Nocturama. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I never. I never know how. I which direction I go on on the on the hipster trope. Yeah. Because obviously, because I, I didn't like Search Party. So, Did you watch season yeah, that, two of Search Party? No, I, I didn't even. I didn't like season one. I, well, I because, see, because make it through that. Be, one. Because season yeah, same. because season two. I think Search Party is fantastic, but season two puts it on a whole other level. I think it, it seems like this is a whole other show we could be talking about. But see, season one of Search Party is like is the idea was like a Nancy Drew of hipsters. This this the second season is hip. <laughs> It is. That's what they kind of went for. No, with no, I, I know. And again, yeah, I'm, I'm with the, John here. But like, the, but I kind of found it hard to finish the first season. Season two puts like a whole level, a new level of stress on them based off of how the first season ends. And then it becomes Hitchcock with hipsters. And it's it's really good. <laughs> it's really clever. I, it's like the way you describe it sounds awesome. And then I like try to go watch it. And I'm just like, oh. because well, I've heard this from other people, too, that like people that weren't too into season one, but season two really changed their minds on it. And I, I I'd certainly recommend it. Uh, okay, but uh, the last thing I saw also on Netflix is Raw. You know about the film Raw? Yeah, Marcus Mila Robinson's favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, Raw is a story of a vegetarian girl who goes to veterinarian school um, and tastes meat for like basically the first time and develops a very heavy taste for meat, uh, specifically human meat. And it is it is quite the <laughs> horror film. <laughs> it, um, it is one of the weirdest coming of age stories you can see. Uh, but it uh, it's well made. <laughs> it's a well made okay. movie. So uh, yeah, uh, it's also on Netflix now. So there you go. Netflix knocking it out with the indie movies that I've been meaning to get around to. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> indie and foreign films. Um, but yeah, so that's my quickies. Yeah. All right. Let's move on, good. guys. Yeah, I, thought, I think we covered a lot of films there. <laughs> covered a lot of ground. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's move on now. Let's get to some trailers. Uh, we're going to talk about some new movie trailers that came out recently, what we thought of and what have you. And let's start with one of the biggest ones, one that's, I think, very looked forward to as far as next summer goes, as far as something different. It's Ocean's 8. Um, it is a basically a gender swap um, take on the Ocean series um, that is connected in some way. I, Matt Damon's supposed to cameo in it. But also Sandra Bullock plays the estranged sister of Danny Ocean. Um, she's got out of jail, and she's assembling a crew of people together to pull a heist off at the annual Met Gala. Uh, the film also has Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Sarah Paulson, Rihanna, Helena Bonham Carter, something called an Aquafina, and other people. <laughs> wow, the fact that you give Mindy Kaling short shrift like that is just... Is, to me. I, I said Mindy Kaling. <laughs> Wait, did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was like the fourth name I said. Uh oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay, so it is. It's, this is this is from a writer uh, writer uh, Gary Ross. He's directing the film. He's also mm-hmm. co-writing the film. 
um obviously it's set in this oceans world uh john what do you think of the trailer no this is obviously a really cool group of us uh, an awesome assembled cast and uh and i thought it was just interesting to see kind of sandra bullock and kate blanchett be these like they actually were kind of channeling the you know that that Clooney Damon type of vibe <laughs> that I don't think a lot of women parts are allowed to do <laughs> and don't really get to do. And I just thought that was interesting. And also I think those two actresses haven't had haven't gotten to do roles like that very often. And then I'll be interested just to see because they give you a you know kind of a brief glimpse of everybody else. Uh, those are a lot of like really strong personalities on kind of the supporting cast. Even I think more so than kind of the the original so i'll be kind of interested to see how they integrate everybody and kind of pull it pull all the strings together Abe? yeah for the most part it, it, you've seen this story before i'm actually really really uh into Kate blanchett being like the rusty kind of character uh she seems to the brad pitt pull off this yeah the brad pitt uh character and she just seems to exude this kind of cool factor Sandra Bullock has always been cool. I think that everyone's, everyone's known that ever since uh, her speed days. But also, she's done funny things, but she's also done things where she um, can be kind of that kind of character. I'm thinking of miscongeniality. Um, but for the most part, it, it's kind of neat to see the role reversal, right? And the thing that I kind of really, really liked about this trailer uh, was more of a scene. It's actually when Sarah Paulson is in her garage, and it's like, she just seems to be stealing a whole bunch of stuff or has a whole bunch of stock of brand new items in her garage. I was like, I like this. I like where this is going here. You know, it's not as though she's a suburban mom that, you know, tries to keep it on the low kind of thing. It's like, she still seems like everyone is still doing their heists on their own. And now it kind of just makes sense for them to, to go forward with this. So I'm all for it. I'm curious to see how it goes. If Matt Damon makes a cameo, hopefully it's, you know, nothing too too taking away from anybody um but uh i'll be i'll be happy to, to see the movie when it comes out i uh, i'm a big fan of the oceans series i think you know that dave i, I really not only oceans 11 but i really like oceans 12 because i think it's a really different film that is not a standard sequel by any means and oceans 13 is fun um so you know going back to this world it's a it's a neat way to do it um especially because john what you mentioned is exactly right you don't get to see actresses do this kind of thing all the time you know they're generally playing like a type and while they're playing you know types here they don't get to you know be as at ease as bullock and blanche at seem in just this trailer um i am very curious how familiar the story is going to seem as far as a heist film or if it's going to rely heavily on just the kind of the style of it all and I think the biggest curiosity I have is I think the Ocean's Eleven script by Ted Griffin is fantastic as far as its dialogue. There are some, like, amazing lines and dialogue exchanges between, like, Clooney and Roberts and Andy Garcia in that first film that, you know, have all this tenseness in it as well as just, like, slick lines and witty one-liners and whatnot. Um, I'm very curious if Gary Ross is going to be able to channel that same kind of energy, if it's going to have that kind of... You know, matter of factness that's you know so kind of feels so relaxed um that'll that i'll be interested to see that that said the look of this film i mean soderbergh and ross are like friends and soderbergh's a producer on this film um he's he's done a lot he's like done he did like second unit stuff on hunger games for ross on the first one so it's like they the the two seem to have a shorthand so it, mm -hmm. uh, it does look like an oceans film like it seems to like fit that world so i 
as much as this matters in the realm of things, the world of the Ocean's movies. Right <laughs> <laughs> right they're the franchise. Yeah. You gotta be true. They, you gotta be true to the four, the fanboys. Yeah, after you. Exactly. So yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if Linus would do this, guys. I don't know. <laughs> That's not my Linus. <laughs> but no, I, I am very curious about the film. I think it has a very strong cast. I, I like the look of it so far. I just hope the the kind of the script matches up to the the cool factor of these kind of movies. So Ocean's 8 uh, hits theaters on June 8th, the next summer. Um, next up, we have uh, Sicario 2, colon, Soldado, which is Spanish for soldier. Um, this is the sequel to uh, Sicario, which brings back Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin and completely drops Emily Blunt. It is written by Taylor Sheridan, who wrote the first one and has gone on to write Hell or High Water and Wind River. It's directed by Stefano Salima, who's taking over for Denny Villeneuve. John, I don't know. Were you a fan of Sicario, the first one? Um, I think I was, like, medium. I thought it was cool. And, I mean, I really like, obviously, the original director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I liked the fact that Emily Blunt was a big part of it. Or not. And it's interesting, yeah, with this trailer. I, I, I guess my first, I didn't even know it was coming out until you guys kind of prompted me to go look at the trailer for this. Um so I'm just kind of like a little bit like why, but the first one was an interesting world to explore, and I'm glad to hear it's the same screenwriter. Um, it looks like did I see Catherine Keener lurking in yeah, a shot? Yeah, she was of one of this? the one of the like the three women characters that don't say anything in the trailer. Yeah, she was in there. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm I'm kind of like I guess I'm uh, I don't know I don't know if I this this. It was a cool trailer, but like I was kind of like, are they really just gonna X out the women <laughs> in this um, and and just go full bore with these two guys? And 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 I I guess I'd also be worried a little bit that it might devolve too much into kind of machismo rather than kind of the nuance look that the first one was. I don't I don't know where I'm I am after the trailer with this one. It has an interesting history. You did mention that you didn't realize it was coming. I mean, a lot of people don't. Uh, it's not, you know, yeah. obviously Sicario wasn't like a huge it was it was good and it was well regarded. It made a, a num- amount of money that's respectable given that it's not a high, you know, wasn't a high budget movie to begin with. This one um it was dropped by Lionsgate um uh, and Sony picked it up. Um so it has a, you know, a new distributor. Um, possibly because it doesn't really have an, an it factor in the same way that the first Sicario, which you know is essentially just a you know it's a it's a it's a movie about you know hitmen working for the government in some capacity that had Emily Blunt in there, which is like well that makes it different. This one doesn't have that, which is why I think Lionsgate's like I don't think we really need a standard action movie right now. We can do something different. Um, but with that in mind, Abe, you were you we like Sicario, right? Yeah, I was big on Sicario, yeah. and, and much like uh, John here, I totally did not know this was a thing, like, at all. Uh, I know that the trailer dropped maybe, like, a week and a half ago or something like that, and I was like, they had a part two? And I I think that there had been rumors that they wanted to know more about the Benicio del Toro, del Toro character. Yeah, that was... And I thought, well, that's cool, you know, but at the same time, like what we have all mentioned here so far, the Emily Blunt character is the vehicle that kind of drives the questions in the first movie, right? You know the the whole entire gray factor. Um, she's so she's so right, quote unquote right. You know, in her in her mindset of trying to serve justice, and everything around her is so gray. And that's what makes it very interesting and unique. And especially with Denny Villeneuve kind of directing it in a slow, methodical pace, it really adds to the uh, to the uh, I guess 
the watchability of the movie and kind of questioning whether who who is right in this scenario, whether it's the CAA, whether it's the cartels, whether it's you know the the soldiers that we find to take out the cartels. It's it's really interesting. But this one, yeah, like what you guys have mentioned, it seems a little bit more machismo. Um, it seems as though they, they still have an interesting story to tell because they, they do kind of explore that in the trailer and say, well, what are we going to do here? Uh, we're going to try and start this this war. And also people who are on the drug cartels are considered um, high-priority threats or whatever the case. So, yeah, sure, there's, there's an interesting thing to tell. But we'll see how it goes. I, I wasn't expecting it, and... When you mentioned that the writer was the same as the first movie, then I was like, okay, well, you know, let's see how that goes as well. I am I'm of two minds about Sicario two. Um, didn't mean that. You're of Sicario two minds. Yeah. Um, where like if I I am all for seeing a movie about Benicio del Toro just doing badass shit to a lot of people, whether it's using guns or just looking intensely at you because Benicio Del Toro is cool like that. Um, and he also fight with his shoes, because he's great at that too, um, Last Jedi. Um, but I, I think the... <laughs> Taylor Sheridan, I think, is, is a talented writer. He's He proved that with the first Sicario and Heller Highwater. And, but I'm not a Wind River fan. <laughs> I think that's, that's that's hindering my excitement for this movie. And I know, oh, a lot of, okay. I know a lot of people really like Wind River, which boggles my mind. Um... It's, uh, but it, my, my problem with Wind River is that it leans into what I consider his kind of lesser at, lesser instincts as a writer, where it's that machismo thing, which can work in the hands of a good director, such as movies like Sicario and Hell or High Water. Um, but if not handled properly, I, I think it shows kind of the errors and how far you can go with, you know, a- amping up that aspect without kind of showing off the, the moral amb- ambiguity about that, which is what Sicario did so well. And I can only hope that it still knows how to play with that for this sequel by having whatever new characters there are and giving time to things beyond just Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin doing bro stuff for bro reasons because reasons. Um, <laughs> and, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, I want it to be good. I like to think that uh, Denny Villeneuve has passed it off to another director who can kind of handle the same tone as the first Sakaar. I don't expect it to be you know wildly different as far as its style. Mm-hmm. Um, but that movie is, I mean, it was a great looking movie. I mean, some amazing cinematography. Right. Yeah, the Roger at- Deakins. Roger Deakins. The atmosphere was spectacular. The whole, like, the mood and sound of that movie really score. worked. Yeah. The score. So I, I just hope that the kind of the, the crew coming in for this time around really, you know, plays up to the strengths of the first film. So yeah, Sicario 2, Saladado, um, arrives in theaters uh, June 29th next year. And the last film we see, I mean, you mentioned films you didn't know were coming. Um, next one we have is Mortal Engines, which is a new film. It's it's a science fiction adventure movie based off a a um, like a YA series. Um, it's it's notably produced by Peter Jackson. Um, he's the producer on this film. It's directed by Christian Rivers, who's been a big like special effects guy on a lot of different things, a lot of like big notable like giant movies. Is like his big directorial debut. Um, I don't know what this thing is about. <laughs> I I have no idea. I don't really want to. I don't really want to like delve further into the story. 
I'll just start with my thoughts right now. I was super impressed by this trailer, mainly because I have no idea what to expect, but I didn't expect that. I was like, oh, Peter Jackson's thing that he's been working on with people. And what it gave me was something that just looked huge. Like, some, like regardless of whatever the story is, and you know, I know it's based off a YA thing, and it's probably dystopian or whatever, it's just when I see something that looks like Mad Max and Howl's Moving Castle got together and made something ginormous, I want to go see that in a the theater. That's I, that, that that convinced me right there. Just seeing this like giant scale machine thing being engulfed by another machine thing and like actions probably go to ensue. I'm in for that. That sounds good to me. I, I, I was into what this movie's selling already. But how about you guys? What do you think, John? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I got to see it um, ahead of Last Jedi. And so I did get that sense of scale that you're talking about. Um, and I thought it was a cool teaser trailer. Uh, and really leaning into the teaser, which a lot of teaser trailers don't. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm kind of curious where it goes, because I guess my main concern would be kind of what you were, got you amped, which is, uh, is this a Simpsons did it better moment? Like, will <laughs> we be like, Mad Max has already exists, or will this like kind of city eating another thing or something, <laughs> this giant mass kind of eating uh, another caravan, be kind of only one part of it um i don't know so i'm kind of curious to see uh a little bit more information on this if a second trailer can kind of at least let me know a little bit more of how the overall movie world will go with this um so i'm intrigued um if not a little uh i guess uh, guard up when it comes to whether it will be at this point too derivative of mad max I, th I think where my enthusiasm comes from is what you're saying with like Valerian, where it's this. This looks like something I haven't seen before. I think that mm -hmm. I, that's what got to me, where it's like I yeah. I didn't know what to expect, but that's not what I expected. <laughs> if you're gonna say Peter Jackson YA property, it's like I have an idea of what that looks like, and so the fact that the movie did not look like that, like it's, that 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 got me that got me more excited than I was expecting to be. Did it flash a rating? No, I assume it's PG thirteen. I don't think so. I, mean, yeah. I can't, okay. can't imagine okay. not being PG thirteen. I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of curious how dark it'll be. PG thirteens get pretty dark these days, so, you know. They it's, can. It's true. Yeah. Abe, what about you? I have no idea what this movie's about, and uh, I think that that was kind of a, a confusing thing at first. And then you mentioned two movies that I really liked, which are *House Moving Castle* and Mad also Max. *Mad Max*. And I thought to myself, yeah, I could see that, and it certainly does have like this giant moving castle, just like *Howl's* does. But uh, I still wasn't sure what I was watching, and and you know, it seems like a dystopian future because England is on wheels, right? So the whole entire country seemingly is ingesting other cars so i'm curious as to that but... it's the galactus of dystopian future yeah, movies <laughs> that sentence i just said kind of makes no sense unless you've seen the trailer and also they came out flashing flashing away and cutting away to this woman with a scarlet scarf over her face and think to myself this looks kind of interesting looks kind of cool but I, I really, when I saw the trailer and I completed it, I just thought to myself, what, what, what is this? Like, what did I just watch here? So I'll wait to see maybe one more trailer drop. But um, again, the, the mentions of Howls and Mad Max. I, I thought of Mad Max as well, but Howls was a good pull. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, I mean, when, when you're into at movies that are going to be big. And I think this will be big. Yeah. I want to I, I go to the theater and see something that takes advantage of that. And I know this will. Well, you mentioned Mad Max. And it's like, well, if you're going to copy off somebody, copy off the best. I mean, like, <laughs> I'd rather see a, a riff on Mad Max than a riff on 
what's it? What some like another Taken knockoff? Like, what do I want to see here? <laughs> like, a, like give give me yeah, give me the best example you can take you know you rip off from and do it. <laughs> like, but I mean yeah, it just and you guys are asking what is this? Shouldn't you want to ask that? Shouldn't you want to be surprised? Like, shouldn't you want to not yeah, be? Yeah, should, that's a great point. I mean, shouldn't you want to not be like, oh, good, it's another superhero movie where there's a big blue beam at the end. Like, I don't, like. <laughs> well, maybe maybe if one car city wasn't ingesting another car city, I'd be like, oh, well, I get it. But seeing that, seeing that I'm just thinking to myself, <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, like, it's obviously, it looks weird. And I like weird, though, especially, like, in my Peter Jackson movies. I want to have yeah. some weird stuff in it. <laughs> yes, obviously I enjoy, uh, I, I get that hit of nostalgia for 1985 Transformers Unicron. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a toy that swallows all the other toys. That's Orson Welles. That's his quote on that movie. <laughs> Classic Orson Welles. <laughs> well, uh, Mortal I mean, I'm glad he went out on top. Morty. <laughs> Even if Rodimus Prime got the better of him. <laughs> Well, Mortal Engines arrives all the way next year. We gotta wait an entire year to go, to revisit this exact discussion again. Next December? Yes, December fourteenth is when this wow. movie comes out. Yeah, so wow. Take that, Aquaman. But uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's when that's coming in. So uh, now so that's trailers. So now let's um, we can fill out some time with uh, some news. Um, there's, yeah, there's we'll some, just be a few topics here. Yeah. I want to get to some Last Jedi stuff because we mentioned yes. that we'd be talking about that and. Um, uh, so we talked about the Last Jedi before it had its actual like box office opening. I mean, it it had it it, it opened huge, guys. It had like over two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, now it's it's a week in, and it had a notable plunge, which giant movies tend to do. I mean, it's going to be pretty front loaded, but I mean, it's it's something like a record for like the disparity between the opening number and the second weekend number, which you know. That's to be expected, I would say, but it's 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 pretty noticeable as well that it's like that's a pretty giant drop. That said, it's gonna keep making money throughout the you know the rest of the holiday weekends period here, and it's still you know on track to be basically like the second biggest film all of all time domestically. So it's like I don't right. I don't I don't know how hard I should really worry about Disney and their giant Star Wars franchise that paid for itself two movies ago. I don't I don't I don't know what right. to do about that. Um, how much did Force Awakens hold? Did anybody say? Force the Force Awakens hold was a whole lot stronger. I don't know it offhand. Wow. If we had Scott okay. Mendelson here, he are, would are be all like, over this. Are we talking about the same runtime? For yeah, mm-hmm. now it was like for, for the same runtime. It says that Force Awakens had six hundred thousand, six hundred million, and twelve day total for Last Jedi is four hundred twenty three million. Yeah. So okay. there's yeah. a lot of weird things about this because these two movies are both movies that opened on a Friday for Star Wars. That's different. Like yeah. the the previous ones. They open on like Wednesdays and even Thursdays. So, but also Christmas Day was on a Sunday this year. So it's like all these weird factors make it a little bit odd to try to compare it to each other. So you kind of kind of have to wait for like you know another week to go by before you get some real like ideas of where this thing's going. But it's gonna make a ton of money. <laughs> like yeah, if I mean, it already has made a ton. Yeah, of money it, it, if it's stopped now, it's still one of the biggest movies of the year. So it's yeah, like <laughs> it's eight hundred forty three million dollars worldwide. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, so it's 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 making money, but yeah. is it making as fast money as Force Awakens? No. Well, it's because you're seeing a lot of yeah, and you know, there's a factor there where it's like Force Awakens was the first Star Wars movie in a long time. It's very familiar and fun for a whole lot of people because it's, it's such a giant throwback to other Star yeah. Wars movies. It's different from the prequels in that manner, and it's 
it's just it's this kind of anomaly is what you know so it you know that's why it makes 900 million dollars in the u.s alone like it's it's a huge thing made, made so, a lot of money. Um, notably the second chapters in each of the trilogies of these star wars movies tend to be the the least the least highest grossing films empire attack of the clones and now this film uh we'll see what happens with episode nine obviously and it's also the whole factor of there's every other year there's going to be you know the spin-off star wars movies so i'll be curious to see how the franchise moves forward box office wise if people are going to get you know tired of star wars or it'll be, become less of an event as far as box office or what have you but it's it's a lot of things to kind of consider and of course there's right. also the plenty of people that are you know touting that the backlash against the last jedi has had something of an impact on the box office as well which there could be something to that. It could be. Yeah, I, it could be something. I don't chalked up too much to that. There, you know, they might make up a somewhat of a percent or percentage. But as I said on Twitter, I, I, I guess I can understand because the buzzy headlines aren't really going to be most people like it and it's making tons of money. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, also in Star Wars news, because <laughs> I wanted to point this out. I was like, that's a good segue <laughs> into the next topic. Yeah. Um, uh, there are a lot of people that do like The Last Jedi. Most people, in fact, which includes Mark Hamill. Um, if you, um, if you recall our previous episode, I know Adam Gentry, friend of the show, good friend of ours, um, very happy to hear his opinions. He was not a fan of The Last Jedi, and he really wanted to tout that Mark Hamill, you know, his whole quotes about how he was not happy with Brian Johnson's direction of the character. Mark right. Hamill has come out on Twitter and denounced, uh, the thoughts that he expressed publicly, and I can read the exact quote here. He writes now, I regret voicing my doubts and insecurities in public. Creative differences are a common element of any project, but usually remain private. All I wanted was to make a good movie. I got more than that. Ryan Johnson made an all-time great one. Hashtag humbled Hamill. <laughs> this mean this. Wait, is, did he actually have that hashtag? Yeah, that's a yeah. hashtag. Yeah, I like it. This um. Ultimately, this for me means nothing <laughs> because I love the movie. I don't care what anyone involved in the movie made. I like the movie that I want, got to see. Right. That said, <laughs> if you want to talk about what Mark Hamill thought about it, he seems to be pretty much on the good side of this thing <laughs> like, as far as he's liking the movie. Um, there are people that are very cynical that want to say Disney pressured him to do this. I cast heavy doubt on that because Mark Hamill can do whatever the hell he wants to. <laughs> like, it's his, yeah, it's, no, he. It's, I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's, it's his he is a major Twitter presence. Yes, he is. Yeah, he kind of acts in this way. Um, and also, obviously, there was a a big thing when this first happened when he first came out, and those interviews were being dissected, where people are like, "Go back and look at Empire Strikes Back and see how everybody was interacting with the director then." So, yeah, where Mark Hamill has um, famously not agreed on a lot of decisions about Mark Luke Skywalker over the you know many decades Star Wars has been around. It's not new for him to complain about this sort of thing, and yet he still you know likes the end result because they tend to work out pretty well. So. Right. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, again, I'm glad that he has come out and said, hey, guys, you know, this is... Creative differences, like we had mentioned, are always going to be a case. You hear about that with Christian Bale on set that was just unfortunately recorded for Terminator Salvation. But at another, the same time, kind of just... What's that? I was saying, another big one was when uh, Daniel Craig was coming out and saying, I'd rather slap my, slash my wrist than be slash Bond again. Slash my wrist than be Bond again. And then, and then three weeks later, he's like, I'd love to play Bond. It's, yeah, like, it's like... And then you brought up a great point of, like, you signed a contract to do four movies or five movies, so why am I surprised by this? Um, but you know, for Mark Hamill, yeah, I'm glad that, you know, if there was public backlash and he was the cause of it, I'm glad that he kind of owned up to it and said, Hey, look, this isn't what my intentions were. So stop using me as an excuse for why you guys might not like this movie and kind of just 
you know, go back to your Twitter and, and Reddit threads to go and complain, voice your concerns. So I'm glad that he came out and said, hey, you know, this isn't I, I don't know if he directly said that it was just like. It was along the like it was some it was from a couple rando interviews, which makes it more yeah, entertaining because it's like it's right, not like exactly. it's not like, it's not like, it's not like they were yeah, like wasn't, yeah yeah it wasn't as though it was like one comprehensive interview that said hey I didn't like the direction that Ryan Johnson took Luke Skywalker yada 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 it was like bits and pieces right so mm-hmm. on the whole Mark thanks for thanks for sticking up for Ryan Johnson that's kind of uh, my stance on it and even if it uh, is a little bit too late it's more just like I agree with Aaron too. I like the movie. I liked what it did, and I think the the whole entire series is going to be better served by it uh, because of this movie. We can uh, keep moving here. Let's see. I'll save yeah. that for later because that will. Let's just, let's do the, <laughs> the Christie universe. Yeah. So, uh, John, I doubt you saw. It. Did you see? Did you see Murder on the Orient Express? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> well. Abe and I did, and we thought it was pretty okay, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's exactly the right, the right phrase. Pretty okay. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's a fine watch. It's it's not it's not essential, but it looks but good. It looks yeah. good, and it's it, I described it as if you saw everything else and you're like, I have two hours, you could go see Murder on the Orient Express and do worse. Right. Like, it's it's fine. Now Kenneth Branagh, because the movie's made over 300 million worldwide, he's like, well, I want to do a whole Agatha Christie cinematic universe. How to get this thing going? Yeah. I am very. I mean, they already greenlit Death on the Nile, the another Agatha Christie murder mystery. But it's, I'm curious what the rest of the cinematic universe is going to entail if that's actually a thing. <laughs> what else, they're going to incorporate other world class sleuths that we are aware of. Or, you from, never know. I mean, it could be the next League League of Extraordinary Gentlemen here. Miss uh, Miss but... Marple, I guess, would be uh, one of them. Like the, uh, so. But what I found interesting is, hey, you know, now this gives Fox their own little franchise to run with. You know, the Universal kind of gave a they, – they're slowly not sure about what to do with the Dark Universe, right? So here you go, Fox. Here's uh, Agatha Christie in, in all its glory. In I mean, all her glory. They, they got their X-Men movies. I mean, that's, you know, that's making them a lot of money. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean – this year has not been kind to cinematic universes for the bigger ones, at least. The Conjuring universe has worked out pretty well, actually. And you know I love my Kong Skull Island, but as far as everything else, <laughs> as far as everything else, you know, DC, Transformers, and all that, like, it's not a, not the biggest sure bet. But if kind of, if, if there's an adult-themed cinematic universe, I mean, it's it's so corny to say cinematic universe with Agatha Christie. <laughs> it is. I mean, she she's happy about it, I'm sure. Yeah, but, so, you know. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, that's a recent development that I'm certainly intrigued by. We'll see where that goes in the coming years. Meanwhile, Ridley Scott's been talking a lot lately. <laughs> um, oh boy! In the midst of all his press for all the money in the world, uh, Ridley Scott's a very entertaining person to watch during press runs because he doesn't really give a fuck because he's 80 years old and he can say whatever he wants to pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he had some thoughts on Blade Runner. Um, he described he was he, I guess he was probably asked something along the lines of why did this film fail to perform at the box office and he was said uh, it's too long and too slow. I, I think he said it's too fucking long. Yeah, he he tends to swear. Yeah, he just said it was too fucking long and too slow. <laughs> Very and candid. My question to you guys is how long was the final cut of Blade Runner? It's shorter. It's shorter than the theatrical cut. Actually, it's all, it's under two hours. Okay. okay. Right. Oh, it He's, is. I, it's still. Ugh. Interesting. <laughs> John, did you like Blade Runner? Uh, yeah, no, I was a big fan. Yeah, I was a big fan. I mean, but Danny Villanueva, like, you know, he's doing everything. it for you. He's your guy. Everything. Right now. He's, your, he's your guy. <laughs> I he's because I actually enjoy movies. Um, 
that I like a lot that I understand were slow paced. Yeah. Like I feel like that's a skill. Like it's like I'm actually heartened when I'm like, man, that movie was really slow, but I was into it and riveted the whole time. And so um, Blade Runner definitely fit the bill for me there. Uh, I and I I don't know what you would have cut in it either. I guess I'm maybe rare and weird in that way, but I didn't think there was really much meandering when it came to it. It was it was mainly the slowness was uh, its tone, and its tone was everything. <laughs> he he says he he says he would personally have chopped off like thirty minutes of it. I I too am not because I, I I mean I really like Blade Runner. I was I didn't think it was perfect. No film is, but. I would say of my issues with the film, they'd had no real concern with the runtime or the pacing. Like it was like, no, this just feels like a Blade Runner movie. That was my general thought in that regard. So it's, yeah, I I could see why uh, that would turn off other audiences that you know didn't ex- you know they were they weren't about seeing a sequel to a cult movie that they didn't want to see thirty years ago. Like I get that, like that makes sense to me. But as far right. as the, the final product, it, it it delivered what I more or less kind of expected from a Blade Runner movie as far as its general feel right yeah and i want to echo uh john's question of you know i i don't know where you would cut things because everything seems it seems important but at the same time it is methodical right so it's not as though there's a lot of fluff and i'm thinking back to the main story elements and it's like i don't i'm thinking back to whether he goes to go visit uh the person who makes all the dreams or the kids like well that's relevant and also, whenever he's interacting with uh, Joy, it's like, well, that's right, relevant, too. beloved. That's the problem. Is like, yeah. that's where I, when you made me think about it, I was like, I guess you cut, maybe you cut her. <laughs> like, yeah, but the thing is, like, that... it really adds this element to Ryan Gosling's character that makes me feel sad for him in the movie. <laughs> for, right, for well, and it happens. also, yeah, and it's also an important part of, like, yeah. no, the, showing, yeah. showing these multiple levels of intelligence, essentially, of artificial intelligence, and, like... Yeah, yeah that's, those, those are kind my, of... Those are my favorite aspects show, of the movie, so I, I agree right. with you. Yeah, yeah so it, it's kind of tough for me to go back in it and, you know, and whatever the case, maybe he didn't like it because he was just in the wrong mood, or, or it just wasn't what he would have directed. He's not saying he didn't like the movie. I think he, he's just more matter-of-factly like, yeah. matter answering the question of why audiences didn't connect with it. I mean, that's... <laughs> so he's being, Okay, well, that, that's a different... Okay, that's a different... Um, that's a different... Whatchamacallit? Uh, sentimentality behind uh-huh. why, why you would ask this kind of question. So, yeah, I'm glad that he's not, like, taking a dump on it. Is So... That that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, a couple more things, then we'll get to our feedback. Uh, first, feedback, uh, feedback. we we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Uh, we talked about t- uh, Star Trek and how Tarantino had an idea, and that's now apparently being fleshed out heavily by Paramount because they could use something to make them a hit again because they haven't had one in a long time. Um, and so now, <laughs> I mean, I, I mentioned that Tarantino would. Li- I mean, it, from my guesstimation, he would be writing it if he's directing it because that's what he does. But now there's been a writer hired for the Star Trek movie. It's uh, Mark L. Smith of The Revenant fame. He has been hired on to, I guess, adapt the idea that Tarantino had for the Star Trek movie that's apparently trekking forward. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, no. Was it was it always? Did we not think he was going to write it? I'm surprised he's not going to write it. I I assumed well because it's a this is such a weird thing because I don't like he's not necessarily directing it either yet. 
but if he were directing it, it's very surprising to me that another writer has been hired. So the fact that they hired another writer leans on me more thinking he's not going to direct this movie. Cause he's going to probably produce it or something. He, like he, might, he might get a story by credit. producing it too, right? You can have multiple producers. I mean, yeah, no, I mean no. they, they met. They met and they were like, you know, I got a great idea. And JJ's like, I love ideas. So like, <laughs> 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 that's exactly, like how, he, that's exactly yeah. how he talks. I love right. ideas. <laughs> 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 so well, what happens I, yeah. I, like how we did discuss it and we talked about and I was asking well would he write it and direct it and you said yeah of course now yeah, that there's another so. writer yeah. now we'll see what happens because I know that he wanted to make it quote unquote R rated um, mm-hmm. so I don't know uh, yeah. <laughs> do we need an R rated Star Trek by the way I, I, I don't care <laughs> I mean <laughs> Well, let me, let me put it this way. There's, what, like 11 Star Trek movies? Would it hurt? I mean, like, would, 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 be, would it be the... Well, I guess it would, since everyone hates The Last Jedi, so what, what do I know? I mean, <laughs> um, uh, there's no more setting phasers to stun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, I, you know what? Since we're talking about Tarantino, and I forgot to mention in Quickies, I rewatched Jackie Brown because it celebrated his 20th anniversary on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, mm. It is generally what I consider to be my favorite Tarantino movie, and also one of my favorite movies of all time, like period, like top three. Um, it, it is, well. it's absolutely brilliant that movie. It's such a fantastic yeah. film all over. The acting is phenomenal from everybody. Um, and something I wanted to note this time around, because as much as great as the dialogue is in it, there are so many great scenes of people just sitting still and looking at something or reacting or emoting without any words whatsoever. It's a great yeah. highlight of why Tarantino is really a great director. Like he, he does, he, he knows so much more than just writing. And I, and I don't think he's been undercredited in that fact. I think that, I mean, he's at the status he's at because he's recognized for far more than just writing pop culture dialogue every now and then. But it's still worth highlighting because when, when he's I, I, the list listeners and you know, I'm a huge Tarantino fan. I'm not like, but I'm aware that, you know, not everyone loves him in the same degree that I do as far as the quality of his films. That said, I think he's plenty capable of doing whatever he wants to. And Jackie Brown's another great example of that. Like, it's not just about yeah. fast paced quips and what have you. It's about just making a movie. Making well, things that, especially with like Robert Forster's character, oh, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. very much. He doesn't say a whole lot in the movie, and so it's just a lot of his actions and his uh, his looks. The the end. I mean, we, someday we'll do a podcast about this where we talk about kind of ending shots of movies and just like final scenes of characters. But there's the end of Jackie Brown is so good as far as what's being said and what's not being said, and the shots of Robert Forrester and Pam Greer, the final times we see both of them. And the, just the way he uses music, it's just, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's a, it, I'm glad that Jackie Brown's been kind of reassessed over the years and kind of been brought up more as far as what Tarantino's best movies are. But man, that movie's so good. It's, it's so good. And it, you talk about, I mean, it's two and a half hours and it takes an hour before the actual plot of the movie kicks in. It's just like, let's just sit down with these characters and have a great time for a while. That's well, a lot yeah, of the movie. Well, yeah, we got to know, we got to know why Robert De Niro's there, right? And you know, he's just there at the beach house. De Niro's so good to like he and he talk about not he's, saying he's anything. Funny in this he's movie he's role. funny, but like he's he's just quiet the entire time. <laughs> like just yeah. just it's just like the perfect way to use De Niro in like the anti De Niro way. It's like yeah. yeah. Um, Should we get right. into feedback? Let's get into feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answered on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We were asked a number of questions by the listeners. 
this time, and uh, we also asked a couple yeah, questions. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna just kind of go over it. So let's start with that. John, you brought up this question earlier, but uh, the question we also asked everybody: What are some of your favorite Christmas classics or recent Christmas favorites? Chris has Christmas Vacation, Elf, Bad Santa, Nightmare Before Christmas, Gremlins, Krampus. Uh, I'm easy except for Polar Express. Wait, did he put I, a question mark? Did he put a question mark ne- next to Krampus? No, no, he, no. Abe just I, mysteriously I added, read it that yeah. way for some way. <laughs> I, I added the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Cynthia writes Home Alone and Elf. And so you brought up some of your Christmas classics earlier. Um, but uh, did you have any more? And, and questions? Well, I mean, you got to do you got to do Home Alone. I mean, Home Alone is the I don't. Oh, it's Home Alone. Thank you. <laughs> Aaron hates it, but you and I are on the same page. Uh, it's like uh, yeah, Thanksgiving tradition. It vaults me into Christmas. Hey, Home Alone two. <laughs> it's okay. I like Home Alone two. <laughs> Home Alone one. Very very good. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it, Joe Pesci's best work. It, it's certainly a movie. <laughs> Great score. It has a good yes. score. John Williams' yes. score is really good. Score is really good. There's a lot of Home Alone I like. It's just a lot of it I don't like also. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. Um, I saw The Night Before the other day, finally, too. And oh, unfortunately, just... I can't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to like it so much. but yeah. Michael just... Shannon's great in it. <laughs> he is great in it. Yeah. I think Seth Rogen's good in it. But, like... yeah. It's a case of the other guys just aren't really necessarily the big comedic actors to like, and they're not really written very comedically in a lot of ways too. So it was, it was kind of a weird, weird tonal film to me. It, it is that, that um, was about because I don't, I don't love it. So I think it's fine, but I do think there's more potential if it were either to kind of skew harder on the comedy or harder on the drama. Um, right. It's from what's it? Director Jonathan Levine, who did Fifty Fifty, which is a really good. That's a talking mm-hmm. about good handle on tone, and so that's I was hoping for more based off of you know kind of that aspect of it, like really sell you on how they're making it a kind of a dark journey about Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, who like when his parents died, right? And that's why he always celebrates yeah. Christmas. Yeah, so he's always celebrating with his buddies. Or just really hammer home with like the sweaters and all the nonsense stuff that's going on in that movie. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Something. Here's a throwback. Uh, George C. Scott's Christmas Carol. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so there I, you go. I um, <laughs> So Anna and I watched The Man Who Invented Christmas with Dan Stevens back around Thanksgiving, which is about Charles Dickens writing A Christmas Carol. Um, it, has Chris, mm. it has Christopher Plummer as, as Scrooge. And mm-hmm. that made me think, I really want to watch a movie, uh, one of the Christmas Carol adaptations. Um, and so, which one did you choose? So we watched the Robert Zemeckis um, one with Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, which yeah. I hadn't, hmm. so I hadn't seen it since 2009, and I know yeah. this in theaters in IMAX, and I know that specifically because when we saw this, I saw it with um, friends of the show Scooter and Tall Ken. I yeah. we, we saw the Avatar trailer before, and it's like, well, that just spoiled us because Avatar looks fucking fantastic now. Now we gotta watch <laughs> Robert Zemeckis' bullshit Christmas Carol movie. <laughs> but no, I did, I did like it at the Robert time. Robert Zemeckis is always pushing the envelope. No, but I but I liked it at the time well enough. But watching it again, I watched it with Anna the other night. It is really good. I think it's a really solid adaptation. It really it it, it play watching it at home. It certainly take the it takes away that you could really see the three D experience how that adds to it. But it's you know it's gone at home. But it's still you can still kind of see what he's doing with it, and it makes it feel like like a ride, but really clever with how it plays with that story. And it's very faithful. It's a very faithful adaptation. Like it has yeah. some really borderline creepy representations of the ghosts that come and visit Scrooge. And Jim Carrey's so good in that. He's, like, he's very good in it. He, it's yeah. it's a, like 
honestly, like you, you could kind of put, you know, I, I've never really ranked Jim Carrey's performances, but he has to do a lot of different kind of work there where he's playing Scrooge and the ghosts and he has to go through a variety of emotions and I let alone do all the motion capture work at a time when motion capture was not a popular thing. So it's right. like, there's, there's a lot of credit that's I think going undeserved to both Zemeckis as his ambition for that movie and, and those movies in general, I think Beowulf. Again, also. Zemeckis always pushing that, that he, FX envelope. He is, he's like, always trying things. He is, he is always so. trying. He's certainly an ambitious director. He doesn't always yeah. like, like nail it, but at the same time, he's, he's not, he's not lazy. That's for sure. By the way, one of my favorite Christmas Carol adaptations, Muppet Christmas Carol. That's a good one. Michael Caine. Yeah, that's yeah, a really a good, good one. one. I, I like when uh, Michael Caine is, uh, he's kind of visiting the town and uh, the, the I guess the spider women that are outside are like, oh, his sheets are still warm. That's the most warmth that he ever had. And then they laugh and he's just like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> well, we'll get back. We got this question again coming up, so we'll get back to this one. Yeah. Because there's more stuff that we can go over. Um, the, the first question we have comes from Chris. Um, let's see. Well, well, it's kind of a comment and a question, and we already kind of answered this one. But he asks, uh, "Would love to hear your thoughts on Mortal Engines." Still not sure if this is for real. I guess he's very excited because he's probably read the books or something like that. Let us know, Chris. We'd like to know what your thoughts were on yeah. it too. Um, and a quiet place. I guess that's another movie. Let me see. Let me, see. Let me look this up. Yeah. Quiet, Cheers about that. A quiet place is what I'm googling right now. Uh, family. Oh lives. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, John yeah, this Krasinski one. and Emily Blunt. This okay. looks pretty. Yeah, we should talk about this in another episode coming up to, to get we, back. To yeah, it, we'll, but, we'll um, probably have to get back to it. But this is uh, I, I, I've, I jokingly said it's, um, it's, uh, it comes at white is what I've called the movie. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I am intrigued by this one. We'll talk about this in a future episode for sure because that that trailer did it did uh, get me excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see. He also writes, uh, just introduced my eight-year-old to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Happy to say he laughed a lot. Merry Christmas, and thanks for keeping us entertained. Well, thanks for that, Chris. Oh, thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, next question is, what is your favorite, from Jason, what is your favorite Christmas movie and Christmas episode from a TV show? I think you also kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, John, from the TV I was show. I kind of, yeah, I kind of gave. Still our uh, thunder, yeah. yeah. I know. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm when you know you when you're clairvoyant. Sometimes you can't control it. So it's it's, it's all I that's all I have to say. But uh, I throw out a few more. Um, I like the Garfield animated Christmas special. That was fun. Um, obviously, the like the claymation stop motion Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer is still a, a standard. <laughs> um, eh, what else? I mean, Charlie Brown Christmas is good, of course. On and I watched you that got... the other night. That's a good one. Abe. Oh, I, I definitely, as of late, I, I really enjoyed when Community had their Christmas specials with Abed. Oh, uh, yeah. Kind of like the claymation one that he had. Um, Abed's like totally insane Christmas or something like that. Yeah, like that yeah. Well. And I was like, these are really fun and they're clever and they're kind of callbacks to things that you've seen before. Obviously, the claymation stuff um, from uh, uh, all those Rudolph guys and whatever the case is, too. But the Rankin Bass productions. Rankin yeah. Bass, yeah, thanks. I was like, there, it's a duo name that I can't, I can never remember. But, um, yeah, uh, some of those are come to mind uh, as of late. But um, as far as the original stuff goes, I mean, I still am a big fan of uh, the 24-hour TBS marathons of Christmas Story. Um, and I was happy to watch a few bits of that, even though my nieces and nephews kind of overtook the remote. Did you, by chance, <laughs> see any of A Christmas Story Live with uh, Maya Rudolph? And, um, no, I didn't. Is it good? So, uh, so I, was try I tried to record this, and for some reason my DVR messed up which was really annoying yeah. so we only got to watch the last hour but from what i saw it was really well done and what i like about okay. the fox ones because they did with this grease also as opposed to the nbc ones where it's I all mean, like 
Well, yeah, it's live, so like it's opposed to like the NBC ones, like uh, Sound of Music and Peter Pan, where it's kind of on a stage and it's all rehearsed and everything. These are obviously rehearsed, but like these ones are the Fox ones. They're going like set to set, like doing everything completely live in front of an audience and everything. And like there's all kinds of different numbers they have to do like on the spot. And it's it was like again, I only saw the last hour, but it was really good. Like I really like Matthew Broderick's the narrator who's like on the set, like with them walking in and out of scenes and everything. Um, the just the, the way it was done for again the little bit that I saw, I I would like to see the rest of it because I thought it was I, I love a Christmas story too. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Um, I have others that I'll get into in a second, but that that is yeah. I agree with you. That's one that I I'm very happy to see over and over. Well, I'm again. always glad that they always have the marathon on and. Well, it's like they could choose it, any movie and they choose that one and I love they choose it. that one. Yeah, like... it, 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 you either get that one or you watch um uh what you call it on NBC um. Uh, what's the one with that dude? You gotta oh. help me. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic Christmas story with George kills himself on the bridge. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Like, that dude, Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Is that dude? It was, I was going completely blank. I was like, you know, that guy who does his hair. Hey, hey, you should be ashamed of yourself. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm feeling much better about my boobs. <laughs> I've got this giant faux pas. <laughs> My other um, Christmas favorites, um, I, I really like Elf. Elf's really fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, a fun yeah that's one I always forget to mention when I'm thinking of the Pantheon, but it's it's up there. I mean, it's certainly, I mean, it's more recent, but it's it's really good. Like, it's a good movie. Uh, Love Actually is very good. The same year as <laughs> Elf, actually. I've, I've been okay with that movie. I, I think that there's a lot of it that I think really works, because it's so, so many different stories. And, I mean, there's a number of them in there that I think work really well. Some are like, okay, those are fine. But like others are like, oh, those, those hit where, where they need to. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas is, you know, that's a great one. I've been really into Scrooge in the last couple of years. It's particularly with Bill, the, Murray? with Bill Murray. Particularly the ending. I think the ending really hits in an emotional way that I wasn't expecting because I never watched Scrooge too much when I was a kid. So it's like, it works. You know, it hits where it needs to. When I was a kid, that makeup design used to scare me a lot. It, it's, it's a like creepy movie. driver and yeah, everything too. For sure, so, yeah. yeah. Never, never big on it when I was a kid, but I still enjoy it. Um, and of course, Die Hard, which I did watch because Die Hard's awesome and it's a great Christmas. Well, now movie. you own the book. The I, book. I do own the book. Yes, I have the companion, <laughs> the kids, the kids Die Hard, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, um, Batman Returns, and The Apartment, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Interesting. So okay, don't need all the standards. I mean, I like watching. I watched. Uh, I said I watched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and uh, you know some others come up in there, but you know those are those are all good. um i also um as far as tv episodes i mean yeah there's the old stuff but there's a lot of new stuff too there as far as tv shows and episodes arrested developments has one afternoon delight that is hilarious (laughs) um parks and rec has citizen nope which is a fantastic christmas episode and just a fantastic episode of a great show um benny hana christmas on the office john yeah benny hana christmas (laughs) Um, the U- the UK office, the Christmas special that wraps the series. Well, that one is just fantastic. Uh huh. In, in terms of TV history, that's one of the best, best TV yeah episodes ever. Uh, Futurama has Xmas Story with Santa Claus, which with John Goodman as Santa Claus, which is utterly hilarious. Haven't seen it. We'll we'll watch it. Um, what what else? Mad Men has an episode. Christmas comes but once a year. That's a really good Mad Men episode. Um, 
what else? What else? Uh, South Park Woodland Critter Christmas is <laughs> oh my is a horrible one. <laughs> um, there's a I forget the name of it. There's a Veronica Mars episode involving Christmas. It's one of like the best episodes of Veronica Mars that I really really like. Um, there's a Sims. There's a number. Obviously, there's a number of Simpsons episodes. I mean, the first episode yep. of The Simpsons is a Christmas episode. It's a Christmas episode. <laughs> but um, the yeah. one, the yeah, where they get yes, yeah, I was well helper. But the one that really that I remember specifically because it's kind of emotional is Marge be not proud. That's the one where Bart steals. Bart steals, steals Bone Storm. Yeah. He steals Bone Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a good like mother son episode. Like it it really you know it kind of goes for something and it, it, right. and it works. It's it's there's some great Homer lines that I can think of plenty offhand as far as no stealing. For two, three, for like two months, <laughs> like, he's grounded, mm-hmm. no school or anything. <laughs> There's, but like, it's a good like story too. Like, it just, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's in that golden era of Simpsons episodes. But it it's is. Just, it's it's a really so speaking of another animated, I, I think Bob's Burgers does a good job. Oh yeah, Bob's Burgers. Yeah, I was gonna mention yeah. that it's too, holidays. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, that they have really fun holiday episodes, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Thirty Rock Luda Christmas is a great episode. Thirty Rock. I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to look that one up, but I, oh I've God. enjoyed Thirty Rock specials as well. Um, Always Sunny has the Always Sunny Christmas episode. That's really funny. Never uh, got into that show. Um, and uh, the Lost is best episode is a Christmas episode. The Constant. I mean, it's, it's, there's okay. There's there's a lot of great Christmas. I mean, they, these these episodes bring out some of the best a lot of times. And and John's mention of the Tick. Saves the Christmas. Tick. You know what? Uh, <laughs> Pinky and the Brain has an old, has a Christmas episode that really got to me when I was a kid as far as the brain getting very close to taking over the world, but instead he wishes good wishes on everybody. Um, and it's really nice. It's a really nice episode. Moral of the story. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, lots of lots of great things to pick from. I was happy to, to look Work. into this. Yeah. Did Abe just do moral of the story? And then I do did, it, uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the story is <laughs> wish good upon you. <laughs> anyway um yeah the next one. Oh yeah uh gary asks getting ready to hear is far so we asked kind of like what are people seeing over the holidays and any questions so gary asks uh, or he adds getting ready to see star wars in shape of water um and then he adds what is the most intense movie scene you have seen in recent years i have a very specific answer for this but what do you what about you guys do you guys have anything offhand oh yeah i had to like research some of this and uh, Yep, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was like, no, please go ahead, because I I didn't have a great answer for it. Okay. I was I thought I was gonna struggle to reach it, but I think the last time I really like came out of it feeling beat up, it it has to be uh, Whiplash. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, okay. Whiplash is like scarring to me when I watched it. Like it's, I think it's my favorite, like still my favorite movie the last few years. Um. So I don't know which part in it exactly. I don't know how spoilery we want to get on anything, but there's there's multiple times, <laughs> and especially toward kind of the 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 uh, what you would call uh, in the script, kind of the lowest moment for for yeah. our protagonist. Uh-huh. That uh-huh. that was like after a very amount of tenseness built up. All that was a giant. Not release of tension, but just like a release into more tension. <laughs> so I would I would go with Whiplash as being kind of the most like oof <laughs> there, in recent memory for me. There are a few that I can think of. There's one ultimate one that I'll get to, um, but first, uh, 127 hours when he's you know has to do the arm. Um, the, That's true. Yeah, the, the way it plays a sound design is very affecting. Um, 
VHS 2 I mentioned before because it has the raid director Gareth Evans. The raid, by the way, those movies have some crazy intense moments that I'm a big fan of. Right. But the segment in VHS 2 that's directed by Gareth Evans of the raid is like it's like 20 minutes of thrill. Like it's just so like it's so ball to the wall crazy about this like documentary crew that goes to see like a cult and they're all in the midst of committing suicide and it's just insane how it kind of unfolds and how intense it is. I guess it's more scary, but I also thought pa- Paranormal Activity three came to mind for that it did? for that damn okay. oscillating fan. It's just it's so. I, mean, it I guess it's, it's more suspenseful, I guess, than intense. But like it is, I mean, it got me moving. It was, it was like this is where's this going? Like I didn't know where it was going at that time. Um, but the, the the ultimate one of recent years is Gerald's Game on Netflix. There's a scene in that where I I think I talked about this already, but I had to I had to stop the movie and go to the bathroom and like put water on my face because I could not handle the kind of realism that was being Wait presented to me. I, I didn't hear this story. <laughs> I believe I told you this. I think I te- I texted you that I was doing this at the time. <laughs> I had to like stop and like leave the room and be like, okay, like this, and it's like it's not like it's just like it's so it's so real like what they're showing you there's a there's a thing that a character has to do to get out of a situation and how they show it to you is just so flatly realistic that it got to me in a way where gore doesn't tend to get to me because mainly because it's so far-fetched where i don't really concern myself with it but this is like okay that that's a lot (laughs) that's that's a a lot it's a lot to take in for a a netflix movie for mike flanagan that i was only expecting to get like some moderate thrills out of but um it it went there but yeah those are mine those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. And again, I was trying to keep it to like some recent stuff in the past five years. Really, I mean, there's there's stuff that I've been squeamish about in the past, but also I I don't I kind of don't watch those kind of squeamish type movies as much as Aaron does. Um, so, in any case, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, last question is from Tyler. Uh, do you guys have any early Oscar predictions, best picture, surprise nominations, and snubs? Also, I've been seeing Star, or I've seen Star Wars: Jumanji and Ship of Water. I'll also be seeing the Disaster Artist tonight. Hope you guys have a happy holidays. Thank you for that, Tyler. Happy yeah. holidays to you as well. Thank you. Uh, question of early Oscar predictions. I mean, there's a lot of things that I think are pretty set in stone as far as we'll get like a Best Picture nom, but like Shape of Water will get in there, Dunkirk will get in there, Lady Bird will get in there, Get Out's probably going to get in there at this point. Um, Honestly, the big six. You really think to... Get Out's going to get them? I don't know. I'll be interested. Given to see that Get it's, Out gets it, in there it's, with it's, the ten format, I guess. Yes. Well, I mean, even without even without the ten format, it it's similar to similar to Mad Max right now. It's currently sitting with the like has the most. It's the most number ones on all these critic lists that are coming mm-hmm. out. Let alone all its. I thought maybe other Don nominations Kirk would get the populist one. Even it's also the... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many now. Um... I'm curious to see what acting ones. I think this is a tough year for acting categories. I think it's a strong year for actress. It's a weak year for actor. So the field is a bit more open. I still like Gary Oldman's like a lock. J- James Franco, honestly, is getting a lot of, a lot of talk yep, about getting him. getting some heat there, yeah. Um, I haven't seen Stronger, the film with Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, and, yeah. And it seems like a lot of people are saying that's probably going to get snubbed, which is unfortunate because he's very good at it, which is not surprising to me, and I look forward to seeing it someday. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's one. We mentioned uh, really in a past episode um, how much I like Lady Bird and how I thought that uh, Saoirse Ronan should get nominated, and I, mean, I think a, you said that she's kind of a lock. Yeah, that's like so, she and like Sally yeah. Hawkins and Frances McDormand are all like locks for best actress yeah. nominations. Frances McDormand for sure. I mean, as, as much as I was, uh, as much as I liked 
but not loved three billboards. She's very, very effective in the movie. So, right. And I'm, and I'm probably bad at knowing what it would be, but I guess I was going to be surprised if Laurie Metcalf doesn't win Best Supporting Actress. Oh, so she'll, I she'll, didn't think about that. She'll be she'll be in there for nomination for sure. She and Allison Janney seem to be good for Itanya. Seem to be going seem to go head to head right now as far as what where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but there's some other ones in there too. But um, yeah. I mean, snubs um, obviously. Valerian's not going to get anything. Which is <laughs> it's got, it's got, it's got great special effects. Honestly, I was because, say, you don't think they'll give it some effects stuff? Usually, I, those. I mean, it's get. on, it's on the short list right now. But it, I mean, it didn't make any money, so it's like, uh, it'll be, I'll be surprised because there are other ones that you know did make money that have good effects. Mm-hmm. This is I I would guess this would have to be the year for War for the Planet of the Apes since the previous Apes films didn't win visual effects. It's like I feel like they they probably need to get it like just out of recognition for doing such a great job. Just, to be yeah. Honest. yeah. But uh, we'll see. And I mean, as far as best picture, I mean, I'll be curious if what Star Wars racks up. I mean, beyond fan backlash, it is a very well reviewed movie, but it came out so late in the year that you know it's mm-hmm. not on it's not on some of these early Oscar lists, but. It's not like it's not liked. Like <laughs> so it's a uh, I'll be I'll be curious if it actually racks up some major noms along beyond just like technical stuff. Not for not necessarily for acting, although I could make an argument here or there, but uh Yeah, I think yeah, you yeah. can make a you can make an Adam Driver. You just said it's a weak male acting yeah. category this sure. year. Maybe Adam Driver should maybe they should get well, behind or, him. Or Mark Hamill. I mean, it's like <laughs> get that well, yeah, get that like that that like legacy actor nom like Sylvester Stallone or something, you know. Mhm. Should have won should have won best supporting. Hey, Mark Rallance. He, he's very good. He, he was, was on. He was on the, He was on that bridge of those spies. Yeah, we talked about how good he was in like a, a whole entire tracking sequence in the first four minutes of the movie. I like that's how. Good how he is. I like to think that that's how like Oscar roundtables work. It's like, yeah, Sylvester Stallone was good, but Mark Rallance, he was on that bridge of those spies. I mean, like, oh he was. He was. He walked on it. He walked back and forth. He did his job. I don't know what to say. He did his job. <laughs> and he was really good at it, no he doubt. Wore, no wore doubt. that hat. <laughs> So does Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, that's true. Sylvester Stallone's kind of working on it. His is always sideways. Mark Ryan's like, nope, up top, brim up. Like, you know, he didn't get to <laughs> Yeah. This well, is... you know, we'll find out once. Uh, I mean, the thing that I'm kind of scoping out for, and it's been getting good traction still, is is Big Sick. Because um, yeah. I thought that uh, Ray Romano and Holly Hunter were really good in it. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to get anything, but at the same Holly, time... Holly Hunter's another um, one where that's probably a nom. I'd be great. I'd be happy to see Ray Romano like, pull off a nom. That'd be awesome. Yeah, um, I do think I do think some of this is... I don't know. Maybe they're getting a little bit better, but I thought this year particularly we've kept those earlier movies in alive. the conversation more yeah heading into the into award season i and i've been good i've been glad to see that for sure yeah no it's been a there's there's some well-rounded i mean I, there's some ones that aren't going to get mentioned that i'll bring up on our top 10 episode but um <laughs> but there's but yeah though no, there's been there's been a lot of love being spread to movies that are not just coming out from october and to now so it's a right. that's a nice change of pace for things right um so, so yeah. to see that yeah well, that's cool that's feedback well, that was- Feedback, feedback, feedback. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's let's get to so let's start wrapping things up here. I, uh, yeah, got a number of things. First up, out now, out now presents what's out now. These movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, this is both accounting for this week and next week because I'm just bringing it all in. Yeah. Um, first up, the Mountain Between Us. Is that with Idris Elba and Kate Kate Winslet? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I heard. Yeah, it's pretty all right. Mid. Things. It's pretty. Mid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeepers Creepers Three. <laughs> 
Go ahead and pass? Yeah, probably. It's probably a pass. Flatliners. Go ahead and pass? Probably, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Killing Gunther. This is the Terran Killam uh, comedy with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I heard, well, you had mentioned that Schwarzenegger isn't really in the movie, which kind of bummed me out. Yeah, he's not in it much at all. But yeah. when he's in it, he's really good at it. <laughs> like, okay. He does a great job. Uh, but just the, you know, the preceding 80 minutes are okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Let's see what else. Brawl in Cell Block 99. This is the Vince Vaughn um, thriller from the director of Bone Tomahawk. Um, sure. Haven't heard of it. I mentioned it before on the in the quickies. It Vince Vaughn's yeah. really good in this movie. Um, it is it is very brutal, <laughs> and I think it's it, it's a little too long and it goes a bit too far in some areas. But I think it's certainly it's worthwhile if you want to check it out. Okay. Um, American Made. I was all right with it. Aaron liked it more than I did. I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fine, Battle of the Sexes. Uh, I heard. Oh, it's kind of a bummer that 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 kind of had been tracking on my radar and kind of fell off. Yeah. That's, yeah, that one seemed to really just come and go. It's. I mean, it's got some Golden Globe noms. Like it's got right, that. That's the only way it it stayed. <laughs> and I, like, yeah. But those are two likable actors. I like Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll try it. Uh, Brad status. This is uh, the Ben Stiller film. That's um, Ben Stiller with his son trying to into Harvard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've I heard good things. I think it's pretty good. It's not great, but I think it's. I think Ben Stiller is very good in it, and I I like a lot of decisions they make in it. Uh, put it that way. Uh, Breathe. This is the Andrew Garfield film. Uh, Andy Serkis directed this one. Um, it's like a biopic on a. A guy who's like he's paraplegic, and there's like they mentioned a device for him to like breathe and move around and stuff. Like it came and went out of theaters. Another one, but uh, okay. And let's see, the paper makes his Blu-ray debut. Yes, are, are we talking about uh, yeah the Michael Ron Keaton Howard? Ron Howard movie? Yeah. yeah, 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 that's a good movie. So yeah, yeah. And lastly, the Breakfast Club on Criterion Collection. Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> not? Not my favorite of the John Hughes written movies, but sure, why not? It's not my. You know what? I, I'm hoping I get it to review though, because I would be curious. If, I haven't watched it in a number of years, but it is one where I kind of write it off compared to a lot of other people. So I, I'd be very curious how I feel about it now if I see it again. Um, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Let's move on now. Uh, that was on episode Let's do extremely cool. These are things that are coming out on Netflix streaming. Uh, first up, Dave Chappelle's dropping two new stand-up specials on Netflix on New Year's Eve. So there you go. Cool. Yeah. Uh, great. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what he said. I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about it. Let's see that. Also coming out on Netflix, speaking of Ron Howard, Apollo 13 is coming on Netflix. Very yeah, soon. that was a great movie. I love Apollo 13. It's my favorite Ron Howard movie. I have not seen that since it was in theater. Really? Yeah. It's a uh, great maybe one. Maybe time to Still holds come up. back to it. Hold up. Uh, speaking of good Jim Carrey performances, the Truman Show is coming to Netflix. Yeah, that's a good one. That's another great one. Thumbs and uh, speaking of David Ayer, Training Day is coming to Netflix. <laughs> that's one of his bigger hits. Yeah. <laughs> As a writer, I've, I've been very, I've been very lukewarm with David Ayer because you know we've spoken about him many times on the show and we've mentioned the hit and misses, but it's just more of like I I know what each one of his movies is going to be. It's going to be about something in L.A. involving corrupt cops, and it's like. You know, show me some. That's why Fury was a, was kind of an interesting take. Yeah, so. and End of Watch because neither of them are corrupt. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, great, great point about End of Watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. That's next up is um, or well, next week. Um, I don't know what we're doing next week yet. I it will depend on what Abe is able to see. Uh, we'll kind of figure that out. I'm hoping that you get to see the post sometime soon, so we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, 
but we'll uh, probably probably call it by your name in the post. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah we'll basically kind of play it by ear. Um, but yeah, last thing we do here, what should people go and see now? And what do you plan to see next? John, what should people see in theaters right now? Um, I guess uh, I'm trying not to be, but unfortunately, because I haven't seen a ton of new stuff that's in yet. Um, I guess now I'm gonna go find Lady Bird. Like you've already, <laughs> you've already seen Star Wars, but uh, maybe some of you put off Lady Bird. It wasn't on, you know, have to see it thanksgiving weekend so go see ladybird with with like your family do that what do you see next and i think davenport i was going to uh <laughs> kind of force my hand here and i'm not going to get much of a choice i wanted to see molly's game <laughs> i wanted to see the post um and but this movie came out of nowhere like i don't think i saw and knew of its existence before Ladybird's previews. Um, so I think me and the rents are probably going to go see Downsizing on Friday. You didn't know uh, Downsizing was I, coming? No, I, I was like, I saw the preview. I was like, what, what is this? Okay. <laughs> Matt Damon, Alexander Payne. Those are two things I like. Hopefully, hopefully um, you don't see the first trailer. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, the second one kind of ruined it for me. So well, okay. I haven't seen the movie yet, but just stick to stick to one. Yeah. I I'm, right, well. I'm in this weird minority where I like downsizing. I know there's a lot of people that don't seem to like downsizing, or somebody even calling it the worst of the year. And I'm like, I I like this movie. I think it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> huh. I mean, I don't know. Alexander Payne hasn't done me wrong yet, so I'm I'm hoping. Uh, I'll I, I like I at least like big swings usually better than play it safe. So usually if I see po- critics on both sides of the extremes, then yeah, um, there's there's hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's probably the one uh, we're gonna head out to. Cool, Abe. I definitely recommend Lady Bird as well. It's one of my favorites. Um, and then next, uh, it's a lot of catch up. So it's gonna be a mixed mash of things. Yeah, I mean, I would. You know, you can see Star Wars. You can see all the money in the world. You can see the post if it's around for sure. You can see there's a lot of things. You could, there's, not, there's not much I wouldn't recommend beyond, you know, sitting at home and watching Bright. Um, instead, you should watch Mudbound because that's on Netflix and it's awesome. Um, it's just a, it's a terrific <laughs> film that I've been saying since it came out on Netflix. Yeah. Something you Marcus, can, Marcus Robinson agrees with you. See, something you can easily watch on Netflix instead of Bright. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and the next thing I'm seeing, the, Abe, the first thing I'm seeing in the new year, you know, I want to know what it is. Um, uh, is it Insidious The Last Key? It is Insidious The Last Key. <laughs> <laughs> it's, right. it's first screening of the new year, Insidious. The final, colon. the final chapter in that in that Insidious franchise. Is it the final? I don't know. Did I did they say oh, that? I don't. Well, I mean, it says this is the last key. Right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, it'll be a key, that's for sure. A key to my yeah. enjoyment of more horror movies involving Insidious, I guess. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Right. Uh, but yeah, with that out of the way, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out and Out There on Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com. I'm putting all my top ten lists up there currently. You can also find me uh, at We Live Entertainment, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? More fun stuff over on my Instagram, Oakley Doakley, and on Twitter, twitter.com slash Smoose hashtag Bright wasn't that good. <laughs> John Van Dyke, where can people find more of you? Um, I, I guess uh, if you want random retweets of sports, politics, and art, <laughs> um, I'm at at John or Sir John Van Dyke, J O N V A N D Y K E. 
Um, and, and otherwise, uh, I apparate into this podcast once a year. So <laughs> <laughs> you can find like to get you on for that Harry Potter one. <laughs> <laughs> You can find all the other episodes about now after today on over on iTunes and Audioboom. Listen to us over at SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWOD. Feel free to email us anything you want to, concerning what we talked about today over at podcast at gmail.com. Right on our Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash podcast, or tweet us at Twitter.com slash N underscore podcast. And please send us plenty of gifts of Will Smith saying, ah, hell nah, over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> oh, that, see, why doesn't he, if he's going to go back to the well, can we get a hitch too? That's what I want. <laughs> I've heard there's a good movie that I've never seen. Hitched again? <laughs> oh. I don't know. I'm... Or hitched, Off comma, without a hitch, comma, hitch two. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <Just add on>. <laughs> sorry 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 everyone had to, sorry that was the last joke everyone had to hear for this episode <laughs> apologies go watch uh go watch mudbound <laughs> john thank you for joining thank us this john. week all right thanks for having me congratulations to your hawkeyes beating boston college i know it's it's nice that that we could pull home a win here uh going into the new year Good vibes, guys. Good vibes. Speaking of which, everybody, have a happy new year. And, uh, yeah, that's sure. that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye.
Because I don't think, I mean, obviously Kate Blanchett and, oh my god, why am I? Sandra Bullock? Bullock? Okay, I know, we needed to like, um, okay, Jonathan, what did you think? We're going to like, like spikes a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so. I am, I'm of two minds about Sicario 2. Um, didn't mean that. You're of Sicario two minds. Yeah. Um, and so, well, right, and making like what three sequels to Avatar has to make one go insane, right? What Ridley Scott? You mean Alien? What? Ridley no. Scott? You said Avatar. Wait, who did Avatar? James Cameron. James uh, Cameron. Jimmy Cam's. <laughs> no, when being when being with. You're filling being out the bloopers witty. today, John. I know. <laughs> when, when being witty goes wrong. <laughs> but, so, but JJ's producing it too, right? You can have multiple producers. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, no. they, they met. They met and they're like, you know, I got a great idea. And JJ's like, I love ideas. So like, <laughs> 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 that's exactly like how he. That's exactly yeah. how he talks. I love yeah, ideas. He, <laughs> <laughs> 